0: Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone actual play tabletop role-playing podcast. Every episode we play a different rule set, have a varied set of characters, and a self-contained microplot from a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these episodes in any order, and can skip any you don't enjoy. Today, we are playing using the game mechanics from a game called Rhesus, if you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Rhesus from the website www.dot.drivethrough.ru. R- so let me say that again: drivethroughrpg.com. But I wanted to emphasize the through is thru, and not the full spelling. Anyway, drivethroughrpg.com, and search for the game rhesus spelled R-I-S-U-S. This rule set is very light, easy to pick up, and is well suited to imaginative gameplay so our players today should feel right at home. Speaking of players, today we are joined by Barbara and Jolly.
1: Hey, everybody! I'm using a character voice, but not like an accent, more like a vocabulist. because I watched the movie Clueless, and I wrote down all the words that I don't use in my normal speech, and it's kind of like a bingo game for me where I'm trying to use each of them somewhere in the episode. Barbara is a teal-haired centaur, She came from wealthy parents. She's really nice, and she makes potions, sort of like for side money, but now she's seeing if she wants to do it for a living. Let's find out.
0: Thanks, Barbara. Uh, Chico Barrett. Hi
2: there. Nice to meet you. I'm Chico Barrett. I'm a three-foot, four-inch desert cottontail rabbit folk with tan fur, white chin and belly, orange paws, and i got wearing a cotton shirt with denim overalls, a straw hat, and a backpack
0: filled with straw. Thanks, Chico. And finally... Kit Manu.
3: Hello, my name is Kit. I'm a real tiny little bird person, so try not to, you know, sit on me or stand on me or kick me across the room like a football. That'd be much appreciated. Uh, I like to. What do I like to do? Oh, yeah, I like to make like little clockwork machines, and they do things for me, like answer the answer the door and um, go to the bank and, uh, you know, do all sorts of paperwork, that sort of thing, um, just so I don't have to talk to people. Uh, um, sorry, what was the question again?
0: Oh, uh, who you are, and oh. I guess you were answering it very well. Continue. Oh, well, that's a, that's a new one.
3: Oh, um, I've, I've, oh, actually, yeah, I've just been working on this, um, like, backpack-based glider system, so I can... um. We're well, not so much fly, but, you know, fall with
0: slightly more style than usual. Excellent. I'm not sure if it works yet. Well, maybe we'll find out in this episode. Thanks, Kit. So, all of you are all in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The guild's cozy wooden interior is warm and inviting. In the back, there is a bar, a seating area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard where job flyers are normally posted, but... None seem to be present today. Uh, It's a Wednesday morning, and there is a mood of confusion and concern in the air. Many guild members await an announcement from Nulisag on new assignments given an unprecedented situation. Uh, While you're waiting for this announcement, what are all of you doing?
2: Chico's going to be sitting down at a table crafting his straw dolls because he hasn't had a chance to do them in a while because he's been on so many adventures and so many just fun outings and what have you. So he's finally taking some time to relax and craft his straw dolls, even on this very, very unfortunate Wednesday, where everything's just kind of there's a there's just doom and gloom in the air.
3: Uh, Kit has taken out some of his uh, little uh, clockwork people. They're even smaller than he is, which is saying see, you know seeing something considering he's what about a foot and a half tall. So they're maybe about oh, five inches tall. And you've got about uh, maybe 10 or 11 of them. And he's just kind of uh, got them playing a little sport. And he's just kind of looking at them and seeing how they, they play. And he's like, no, he's, he should be doing a barrier there. That's not going well. Um, oh, no. as uh, it, you idiot. No. Oh. It's the absolute trifisty of this game. Sorry. And then, uh, which immediately gets knocked over by, like, whatever. Whoever passes by who happens to have a tail it just sweeps <laughs> everything away and he stares up as if to say <sighs> probably for the best
1: oh my gosh i'm so sorry it I was didn't... not a they were not playing well it's not the good game i'm a 7 foot tall centaur i have unfortunately heavy hooves and a sweeping horse tail and i'm like but these figurines that you both are making are are so classic i'm referring to both the straw dolls and the, I'm um, soccer team maybe I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah, but this the spin bowl is like not very, not very good at all. Is is completely off, site It's not worth it. Honestly, you can just uh, go between the floorboards. That one.
2: Well, these things are actually pretty small. Well, now that I have to take a look. Yeah, they're about the same size. I'm comparing my straw dolls to, to Kit's straw doll, <laughs> kids no Kit's clockwork things. In fact, oh, do I kn- want them. Do you want them
3: to move at all? I can, uh, well, if I'll take this one and just put it inside your one, then we can make a little, like, moving scarecrow.
2: Oh, that'd be very interesting. That'd be very neat. Yeah, let's try that.
3: Yeah, and then we can stick it into the, the rafters and scare off the sparrows.
2: Yeah, and all the possums up there, too. Yeah, that'll make a that'd Oh, I don't something. want to
3: go near the possums. They've got knives. <laughs>
2: They they got not well I guess some would particularly have knives. And oh
3: no no they they've got knives they got knives they like sharpening them and uh, like big proper knives. Well we need to you. take
2: we should take care of this problem together by making these clockwork scarecrow rabbit doll hybrids and put them up there and scare them away.
3: Yeah let us let, just scrap whatever you've got planned. We are gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> kids and Chico take on the roof possums. The new
0: assignment is uh, opening a pest control business. Nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the possums have knives, everyone. <laughs>
0: hey. All right, well, as you are discussing the, uh, the details and the possible um, entrepreneurship that you may engage in together, uh, exiting Nulisang's office and coming downstairs, you see an imposing and very muscular Goliath with emerald green eyes and pale bluish-gray skin. He's wearing crisp khaki pants, no shirt, and a black cloak associated with Fire Breathing Academy. He stands at seven foot seven, wields a massive warhammer, and has a determined expression on his face. Uh, he addresses the guild. Uh, hello, members of FBK. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Skirmish Killington, and I have spoken to Nulasag. I'm afraid to say uh, his condition is getting worse. He's still in good spirits, and expects us to do our jobs as heroes, the heroes we signed up to be. Over the past week... The magic users of the guild have reported, rep- sorry, reported, I'm a little choked up with Nulasag. have reported odd happenings. Increasingly, magic use is becoming unreliable, sometimes doesn't work at all, and at times even the most simple spells can backfire on the most experienced magic users. The city of Nikemoi is beginning to descend into chaos, as many of the normal functions of society that rely on magic have ceased. I will be dividing you into squads with specific tasks. Hopefully, together, we can weather this storm. Please be patient as I hand out assignments. And so you see the Goliath starting to make his way through the guild, and he's uh, talking to various groups, moving his hand as they indicate direction and giving them instructions. And um, yes, and so now you are presumably waiting for him to talk to you.
3: Ah, so magic's on the fritz. That would explain why he can't bowl for Toffee anymore. Yeah. Sorry, I was talking about uh, little Shane down there. He's fallen beneath the floorboards now, and uh, he's looking quite sorry for himself. Can we we fish him out? Trust me, you don't want to. Oh, okay. He's been a problem player from day one, and uh, let's face it, the team's going to be
2: stronger without him. All righty then. I'll let him go on his little adventure. Have fun. Uh, what was his name again? Sheen. Shane. Shane. God. Yeah.
3: What sort of beast do we have in the basement, by the way? What? Uh, giant possum
2: with a. Uh, giant possum katana. with, <laughs> with the oh katana. with a katana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it and
3: trains all the other possums in knife combat.
1: <laughs> Here's the four one one. I heard that the lady possum in the basement. Has knives because she's gonna get her babies back, and they're all in the roofs because it's a family that's been separated, but not for long. The knives are gonna solve the problem.
0: When don't they?
3: Yeah, if, well, if 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 uh, eating food is told me anything, it's
0: knives solve everything. Well, hmm. as you were discussing the. Um...
3: Whatever it was, we were yeah, just discussing. I Am I having a hard time grasping what it was you're discussing? Don't try
0: and sum it up. Okay. It's not worth it. The thing you were talking about, as you're discussing the thing you're talking about, uh, the Goliath moves up to you, and you're the last group. Everyone else has kind of moved off to their assignments. And he says, well, it looks like you're the cor- the crack squad that Nulasag requested. I've got a special assignment for you. Uh, can you join me at the table, please? Oh, well, sure thing. Clip clap. Uh, well, madam, I, I didn't know if we have any seats that accommodate centaurs. But if you would like to stand by the table, that would do.
1: Oh, I prefer to stand. I'm good.
0: Uh, perfect. Okay. So. I'm sure turn... we've got a horse hammock somewhere, right? Oh, I, yeah, we're a guild with a couple to. of different centaurs. I'm sure there's got to be some kind of chair. Hmm. We'll put that on the list of things to do after probably this. So. As it turns out, we've got bigger problems than Nulasag's health. Uh, with the increasing disruptions in magic, there are remote prisons that have been sealed for generations by the wizards of old, and they contain untold horrors, the beasts of legend. You know, the uh, Zygor and whatnot.
3: You know, but, like the possums, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a possum, uh, a million times the size, and with, with a crossbow. If you will, a flamethrowing crossbow. That's what we're dealing with. I, I would assume. I don't really know what's behind <laughs> the, the the prison door, but I, that's the most horrifying thing I can think of.
3: You, you're talking about a postbow. Yeah,
0: you, you've heard. You've no, heard the legend. I just,
3: just made it up, but if it makes you feel better, yeah.
0: It Well, it doesn't make me feel that. That's why we need you. Okay, let me get back to the point. <laughs> so, we kind of have these nigh indomitable creatures. And so uh, Nulasag has called you three out specifically to get to the bottom of this dire situation. Uh, we have a clue though. And so he, you see him reach into his cloak and he puts, he puts a crystal hemisphere uh, in the middle of the table. And he goes, this is an artifact that we had at the academy. And mainly all it did was it would sit in a classroom and it would help students to uh, detect the magic they were using and tell the school of magic that it was uh, detecting it with different colors and whatnot. But about a week ago, uh, this crack developed, and he points from like the, the apex of the hemisphere down one side, along the side of the, the, the artifact. The funny thing is, we think it's pointing the way to the source of the problem. And you, you see him rotate the artifact on the table, and as he does so, the crack uh, actually kind of stays in the same place. It moves along the artifact, to point what would be north. And he goes, "Uh, we need you. We need you to travel to the suspected source and fix this problem. Society is collapsing, and that's only the beginning. We can help you as best we can. We've got a ship in the harbour if you need transport. But do you have any questions? Uh, Yeah, what are we going to do about the possums? Well, hopefully in the... um. We can encourage them to fight on our side because as society collapses and more chaos reigns in the streets, we're gonna need help. And an armed possum seems like a good way to enforce order by threatening uh, those that would be ne'er do wells and uh, just point, just kind of motioning over to the possum with the knives, and like, huh? Eh? Is this what you want? And then perhaps they'll put down the. I don't know. What a TV. equivalent would be in this world, uh, put down the take home play set. <laughs> so we'll we'll deal with that after. like once things have shored up, we can we can take care of the possums. In fact, I may have overheard that you and uh, Chico, is it you two have an idea to take care of these possums.
3: Well, do you, do you want us to, you know, solve this big magic thing? Or do you want us to take care of the possums? We can't possibly do both.
0: You oh, know? you're not thinking, what what is what is it they're always in? You're not thinking fourth dimensionally. You can do both, just not both right now. First, you need to do the magic thing. Then you can do the possum thing. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. I mean, okay,
3: but, you know, don't blame me if we come back and there's like an army of possums ready to go to war. You know, as some sort of possum mafia.
0: Well, hopefully, I mean, he and he picks up his warhammer to show. I don't mind pitching in with the extermination. Uh, that's kind of what I do best. But uh, also, if we have magic back in the world, we have other tools we can use to help get rid of this problem. If it is indeed a problem, I mean, I'm not saying we can't discuss things diplomatically. Sometimes, oh, it's just it just takes understanding. Yeah. Diplomatically, you know, they're just possums, right? Are they? They have knives.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say they weren't violent, but yeah, they're just possums.
1: Maybe once they're reunited, we can all kick it together.
0: I like the way you think. Is it Barbara? Yeah. Excellent. Nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you too. Skirmish.
0: Correct. So, if you can find out who's behind this, or what's behind this, all the better, but... The priority is restoring the magic. I mean, our world depends on it so highly. And Nulisag actually was doing okay. He had a hangnail. And he, you know, he tried to get a cleric to heal him. But with magic on the fritz, it ended up backfiring. And he got burnt quite severely. So I believe Dr. Crud has him stabilized, but the outlook is not too good. The sooner you could get it back, the better and I don't know what's going to happen with those prisons. I was going to say also, the ship in the harbor is captained by a graduate student at F uh, Fire Breathing Academy. Her name is Laika. Talk to her, and she can take you where you need to go.
2: All righty then. I'll go ahead and take this stone, and we'll head to the harbor and go where we need to go. And Chico takes the the magical stone that was shown off
1: earlier. you? Mm-hmm guys want to gallop there? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You don't mind if we get on your back. No, people who move at slower paces really benefit from moving faster, don't they? Yeah, let's yeah, I, do
3: oh, it. I, I, was, I was gonna say it was gonna be a bit boring for you if you know, us two are just going as fast as we can in your just taking like one step for every maybe 10 or 15 of ours
2: on um, the last mission i was on there was a there was this big robot fella who was really big and i tried to ride on him and he wouldn't let me this is gonna be fun let's do
1: it <laughs> yeah i much prefer running i think you guys are like two feet and three feet tall
3: yeah more or less mm-hmm.
1: yeah this totally works yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: to, Ooh, be, oh, honest, to we, be honest to be honest kid could probably ride on chico <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
3: Uh, can I get a rope and uh, just tie it to your tail, and then I can glide? <laughs> I want to test it.
1: Sure. I like
0: the I like the look of that. I'm going to uh, ask you to do a skill check,
1: oh, and no. so
0: this will be the first one that we do in Down the resist mechanic. At some point. Yeah, and so it'll be some kind of. Dexterity or strength, or something to do with the flying that you're doing. And so, listeners, the way Rhesus works is each character has what's called cliches and different levels of cliches. So, for example, a uh, skirmish as a barbarian would have like a level five barbarian cliche and everything that comes with that. He's strong and violent and can uh, push things, you know. So, if there's a situation where those things would come up, you would roll that number of d6 to um beat the target number and then see if you'll hang on. Now this target number is not going to be very high. So first uh kit tell me which cliche you're going to use.
3: Well it's either going to be Tinker or Aeronaut. You have a higher
0: one in Tinker, right?
3: I do. I was I was thinking that if you're just looking at specifically how the glider functions, it would probably be Tinker but Aeronaut would more be uh, about how Kit actually flies like, it. Flies it.
0: I think that would probably be more appropriate. So what you'll do, your uh, Aeronaut cliché is level 2, so you're level 2d6, and then I'm going to make it a very, a fairly simple, not trivial, but like a, a 2. So you need to meet or beat a 2. Actually, we'll make it a 3 because a 2 is automatic. Yeah. Well, let's see. Oh, that's Andy. Uh, 9. So ah. we're
3: so we're rolling the two D six and adding them together.
0: Correct. So now you've uh you you you're not you're um gliding with style, you're doing barrel rolls and uh you, you just you have this I don't know if Kiwis can smile, but if they could, that is exactly what you're doing. You're just having a ball as um Barbara gallops turns left and right and you're swaying in the breeze and you're just uh living life to its fullest.
3: I'm just glad no one's invented power lines. (laughs) It's a good thing.
2: Wow, Kit, that looks incredible. You're going to need to make me one of those. That
0: looks like a lot of fun.
3: Meanwhile, all Kit hears is...
0: (laughs) 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 All right, so um, you make your way down to the docks, and there are examples as you go of heightened tensions by the people that would occupy the markets, the docks, the different places as you pass by. There's a lot of, um, you could just feel the tension everywhere you go, and things are just right on the edge. Uh, Many of the ships that are normally docked are absent, and it creates this very eerie feeling. Uh, But at the far end, there's a sleek ship with three connected hulls and two enormous gas-filled sacks floating gently above it. You faintly hear the phrase, fire-breathing kittens, from the ship, As one of the crew waves at your group.
2: She goes on top of Barbara and points at the ship and says, That's
1: where we need to go! I run there, and running is so fun. Ships or not, I'm a little concerned.
0: Well, this will be fun. As you approach the gangplank, a human woman in her late 20s, early 30s sizes up your crew. She has flaming red hair, porcelain skin, and light green eyes. She's dressed in a dull green captain's coat with many brass buttons, small epaulettes on her shoulders, and a large sailor's cap with a forest green feather sticking out. And she says to you, Welcome to the FBS Phoenix, you scurvy dogs. Are you lot the ones that are going to save the world? Yep, that would be us here to save the
2: world and everything from the ma- with the magic and bring the magic back and restore order. And yep, we got this big shiny rock. He holds it up and it's pointing
0: away. I don't know anything about a rock, but welcome aboard. Please, join me. My name's Laika. Yep, yeah, Leica. that's the person we're supposed to be
2: meeting. Nice to meet uh, you. I'm Chico, this is Barbara here, and that, that fellow that's flying in the sky there is uh, Kit. Excellent.
0: Uh, are you still flying, or has the... So, the galloping has stopped, and I'll say there's a Breeze coming off the coast. And so, like a kite, Kit is still just kind of... Hovering gently,
3: um, if if there's not too much to trouble from anyone, I'm not sure how to lend this.
2: Would it be simple enough for Chica to just start reeling in like the rope with his hand? Yeah, yeah I start doing. I start doing. I just kind of start reeling in, and taking my hands and my paws and like slowly bringing the rope in.
0: All right, you do so successfully, and Kid is now on Barbara's back. Oh, all, all right. my
3: feathers! All my feathers are pointing the wrong direction. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Stop preening, by the way I know I know it's an audio medium
2: <laughs> Doesn't quite work
1: That was dope
2: <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I agree Because it sounds like something that's right Well, are you going to stand there all day? Or are you going to come aboard? Well, Barbara, we're on your back right now so
1: I look up at the floating things And I'm kind of freaked out I haven't shared this with you guys, but my greatest fear is umbrellas. So personally, like deep, deep (laughs) inside, I'm like, that kind of looks like an umbrella. Like the way that you said that there's like floating balls of gas.
0: Right. If you can imagine two sacks of gas above. So it would be kind of like a dirigible or like an airship, but with just two sacks.
1: Yeah. And they're like moving slightly.
0: They are uh, floating slightly in the breeze.
1: Ooh, yeah. So I lift a hoof and I take one step forward up the gate plank.
2: Is everything okay, Barbara? Are you kind of hesitant? I know we got to go save the world, but don't worry. You got us here with you. Chico's thinking you're a little hesitant because it's a big job and not because of your fear of umbrellas with the very <laughs> umbrella-like things. Which I think is adorable, but
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm totally bugging. That thing looks like an umbrella. What? <laughs> it it's like it moves unnaturally. Wait, what? What does
2: he looks up at the balloons? It's like, what? That's just balloons. Balloons like aren't it. <laughs> balloons aren't umbrellas. They're balloons. <laughs> Wait, and why? Mm-hmm. Why are you afraid of umbrellas?
1: I don't know why.
2: I
3: mean, well, it, if it helps, I'm pretty sure that none of those will stop us from getting wet <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not why I don't like them Look, if I close my eyes, can you guys tell me if I start to veer off the gangplank?
2: Uh, Sure, and we'll get you out, out of the way of those umbrella-like things Don't you worry
3: Have, have you thought about, you know, looking down?
1: Okay, I'll just look down.
3: Yeah, look at the gangplank. This where the balloons aren't.
1: I look down at my hooves and I walk up the gangplank onto the boat, which is jiggling slightly, and this is very unpleasant.
3: And this is where we find out the ship has an entire
0: mirrored floor, so all
3: you can <laughs> see is balloons.
0: <laughs> it It is polished very well. Um, as Laika watches you just gingerly go up the gangplank. She, she kind of gets a look on her face of, of understanding mixed with impatience. And so she's like, Koa, uh, Simon, why don't you help this young lady up the gangplank and then we can be on our way. And so then you see these two teenagers show up. One is a human, about 5'4". He's dressed in a simple tunic and pantaloons, blonde hair, deep blue eyes and a tan skin tone. And then the other one is a five-one Tiefling teen dressed in a dark robe, black hair, black eyes, no sclera, and a red skin tone. And if you're taking notes, Koa is the human, Simon is the Tiefling. And if you're not, hey. So they, they, they come up to you, uh, Barbara. They each take one of your hands, and they gently guide you up the gangplank.
1: I think when they step on the gangplank and it starts to jiggle, I bolt and i just like dash up it
0: oh yeah <laughs> then, then they Whoa, dive
1: Barbara, what are you doing oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they dive out of the way uh simon the tiefling does make it on the deck but koa ends up in the water and so he uh surfaces shakes off a little bit swims over and then makes his way back onto the ship but doesn't doesn't say anything at least nothing negative that you can hear
1: if I'd noticed, I would have apologized, but I was too in my own head. So I'm on the boat now. Woo!
0: Nice. So I'm assuming you're afraid of ships, then?
1: I can't say I've ever really been on one before.
0: Well, don't worry. I'm uh, quite, quite a pilot to ships. We'll get we'll get to where you're going, no problem. And if you'd like, we have some quarters. You can go, and you don't have to stay on the deck. Um. Sometimes looking at the, the ocean or the geography, especially in an airship, can be quite disconcerting. So why don't you um make your way to the cabin and relax?
1: I look at that tiny, narrow hallway and I'm seven feet tall and definitely a horse. And I'm like, yeah, like you can just see it on my face. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't fit. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I'm just going to close my eyes over here and I like just. I, I walk up to the mast, and I put my head on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a nice airship. <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> Scared.
0: All right. You'll be pleased to know that I know that most airships are a bit magical, and with the the problems we're experiencing with magic, we would, wouldn't dare do something like that to you and endanger you. So uh, we've got a 100% mechanical ship and uh, should be... Should be all right. It was made by a, a master craftsman. I believe his name was Vulcan Ornifex. Quite good. So you you don't have to worry. Are you ready yeah, to he, he, cast he's off? he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Is he pretty good? Do you he's know him then. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, all right then. You should. Do you do you feel you could do better?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I'm not to brag, but um. And also, without having to, without checking my wiki page, um, I've got two dwarf dads basically, and he's one of them. Oh. But I can't remember which one. You're related to him. Well, I mean, it,
0: <laughs> you don't look at him I- at innocent. all,
3: like him at all. One, one, one no. Uh, I mean, I would hope not. But um, no, one of them is. Uh, yeah, as I said, I've got two dwarf dads. One of them is adopted dad. One of them is more my kind of master. So kind of a father figure, as it were. So I suspect it's that one because the other one is also a smith, but also nowhere near here. So so, so. so, so she, process she, of elimination, it's dwarf dead number two.
0: She crouches down at the word master and she looks at you and kind of in a inquisitive way says, do you mean master in the apprentice fashion or the enslavement fashion?
3: Let's go for the first one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she 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 cocks her head at you just to, like she's keeping an eye on you. She she's very protective. You can feel that emanating from her. She's like, all right, well, if you have any problems with this adventure or anything beyond, you just let me know. We'll take care of it. All right. What what
3: a weird way to say something completely normal. Well, I think she's just very
2: nice to you.
0: Well, then she yeah. she she kind of recoils a little bit and remembers her place as captain when she hears that. So she stands up, bolt upright, and says, Alright, you swaps, are you ready to cast off? I guess I reckon we are. What about
1: you, uh, horse lady? Do you have a name? I'm I'm good here. I'm just gonna I'm like holding the mast and I've got my head on it. Okay. Would
0: you like a hat with a broad brim? We've got plenty of those.
1: I'm good.
2: Her her name's Barbara.
1: Oh I think thank she you.
2: I think she's new.
0: My name's Captain said before. And uh, we'll be on our way then. So, uh, as she orders the launch, um, you see the two teenage crew members get very busy and the phoenix whirs to life. And as opposed to a sailing ship on the waters, you don't start uh, making your way out, but you start making your way up. You glide smoothly into the sky. And as you rise higher, the tumult, kind of the, the energy that you heard around Nikomoi, slowly fades and you start seeing the features of the coast and kind of the broader geography of where you're at. So, uh, I'm ready to go. Do you have a heading that I can take us to?
3: And who's got the magic thing? We didn't leave it behind, did we? No, I, a, I got it right here. Uh, oh, okay, that's good. He
2: takes a look at the, at the rock. It's, the rock's pointing in direction, right? Uh, yes, it's, it's still pointing way We need to head that way. And he just points in the direction it's pointing. I
0: don't know All what right. direction that is. That's where we need to go. Hmm. Is there anybody else here that's better at directions? No offense, young man. Or well, are you you're, referencing you're a that tinkers. stone?
2: Oh, y- yeah, here, you can take a look at. it. Hands are a stone.
0: Fascinating. So she turns it and observes the crack. And uh, do you mind if I just mount this here by the wheel? Oh, that's no problem. Perfect. So she kind of rigs up a device such that it can be secured by the wheel so she can tell where she's going. Cycle looks like it's due north. All right, we're in for a long journey. Um, why don't I hand out a few duties and you can take care of some things in preparation for whatever comes our way. Does that sound good to you all? I can help. Barbara? Yeah, it's all good. Do you think you could manage to let go of the mass at all?
1: Why do you need me to help?
0: Well, that's kind of the rule of the ship. (laughs) Everyone helps out. No freeloaders.
1: I reluctantly lift my face from the mast and I look at this like a lady. I'd like to do like an insight check on why she's offering to save Kit from masters, but is forcing me to do (laughs) something incredibly unpleasant for me. (laughs) Like, what is this really helpful evil person? (laughs) So I'm just, I want to do an insight check on her. (laughs) My response to this situation depends on her motivation for making me incredibly uncomfortable.
0: She's taking her job as captain very seriously and you can see that her captain's outfit is very prim and proper and so she's, you can tell there's an air of duty and responsibility that she feels to do the right thing and so as captain, the ship is her responsibility and if you're on the ship, you are her responsibility but she's going to designate roles accordingly if that makes sense and so yes you're a passenger yes you're a hero but you can also pitch in i think that's what her attitude would be and that's that's you read all of that in her face and body language
1: i take out a potion from my many saddlebags and it's brown and bubbly and i drink it and i seem to lose my inhibitions i'm walking on the deck you got it
0: is it a magic potion yeah Okay, I need you to roll a d10. That's a five. Okay, it has the effect you intend.
1: I feel less fear. Okay. Okay, I'll try my best, I tell this lady who I'm trying to work with. (laughs) That's
0: very very good. There's no I in team. Okay, so she has the heading. She's going to be doing the steering, and she says, I've got a few jobs, and I'll divide it up between you and my crew. Uh, so, we've got um, making rope ladders, if anybody's good at that. We need to help prepare food for the journey. Uh, maintaining the main engine, it has to be uh, checked in uh, at least a couple of times per day. And readying the ballistas. So, you never know what we're going to encounter. So, we need to ready. Uh, we only have magical, uh, excuse me, non magical weapons aboard. So, they need to be ready in case of attack. Do any of you want to do any of those things?
3: engine 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 engine
2: I could make make the rope ladders or do the cooking that depends on Barbara. Barbara, what are you good at
1: I noticed that wait cooking was one of them yes oh yeah but that's like inside I noticed that these ballistas are like right here I'll just and I like walk three shaky steps over to one
0: Yeah they're not at the end of the railing they're they're midship I guess and so yeah they're right by where you are And so I need everybody to find a cliche that is associated with a thing that they're trying to do and then roll for uh, to try to beat the target number.
2: All right. Since no one's going to do the cooking, that's what I'll do. All right. And I'm going to roll my crop ninja cliche. So my total with cooking was 25.
0: Holy moly. Yes. Um, (laughs) Not only do you prepare the food, but it is the best food the captain or crew and possibly your uh, fellow party members have ever had. Like just the smells and the aromas coming from the galley are intoxicating. They're just so delicious. And you made them in such a way that they'll last a while.
2: Mm-hmm. I figure it's just with all the spices they have and it's new stuff. And Chico's just throwing it all together and figuring it out. And something new to him. And he's having fun, just having fun, enjoying himself. And that's what really brings it out.
0: Okay. How is the engine doing?
3: Uh, The engine, if I had to put it on a scale of 2 to 30, is a 20.
0: Perfect. Yeah, it is. um, You actually notice a design flaw because you rolled so well, and you're able to correct it, and the engine not only works more efficiently, but requires to be checked in on less often.
3: Well, I'm going to have to write this one down. It's a bit of a clumsy mistake if I... I mean, someone should have been paying a bit more attention to that. Oh, wait, it was probably me, wasn't it? I'm probably. Thought this looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Whoops. I, I guess I won't mention it. There was no, absolutely nothing wrong with this engine at all. And uh, yeah, I've just made it better, in fact. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Barbara, how are those. What did you roll for uh, preparing ballistas? If Do you have anything that would be. Any cliches that would fit?
1: Yeah. Maintaining metal means oiling it. And as a chemist, I have petroleum separated into its components. Like, I've got gasoline. I've got Vaseline. I've got, you know. So I am able to keep the machinery in tip-top shape with my chemistry with a 14. Probably. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what numbers are in this game.
0: <laughs> well, there is a scale of like a five for example would be simple for a pro but difficult for a civilian and then it kind of goes up in fives and so the the roles that you're getting are exceptional i would say so you're so skilled in these categories that you're doing not only well but extremely well so the ballistas you notice um there there were some of them that were catching and that would potentially misfire maybe but now they are all in pristine condition and uh the captain Looks at all of you and is very pleased with your contribution to the ship. And um, as you, when you're done with your jobs, uh, you hear a rumbling, like a very loud rumbling off the port bow, which I guess would be the front left if you're a land lover like myself. And so there's this just immense clear sky, but there's a rumbling coming from the front left, the port bow.
3: Well, oh, yeah, port, port is port.
0: Right. What wouldn't port always be port?
3: Yeah, port is always port.
0: Well, then, then yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're still flying. The captain kind of notices the rumbling. And uh, are any of you on deck when this rumbling is occurring?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I would say she goes up there after his job's done.
0: Okay. Kit?
3: Uh, I'm still going to be down in the engine room, maybe just making some notes on uh, how we can make the engine a bit smaller, so I can attach it to my backpack Ooh. and self-propulsion.
0: <laughs> <live>, um, <laughs> yeah, actually, given the noise of the engine, you may not hear the rumbling. You might, but you may not. So, but for uh, Barbara and Chico, definitely won't feel
3: it because it's all going. Oh yeah.
0: So for uh, Barbara and Chico you begin to see strange green lightning emanating outward from a fixed point in the sky a moment later you see an oblong portal rapidly open to the size of an american football field or a a slightly narrower version of wembley stadium football pitch if that's your persuasion and then out of the portal comes a huge and terrible storm equivalent to a category one level hurricane uh The ship immediately starts to sway and pitch to the starboard side. And all you notice, uh, Kit, is that...
3: Everything goes upside down. Yeah,
0: it's starting to pitch. Uh, I need everybody to roll something to do with your footing. So it would be like a dexterity roll, but if you have a cliche associated with that, you will need to roll that now.
2: Let's see, I'm going to roll farm boy, which is experience and know-how of farm life in order to grab onto a rope and more and more likely with, with farming experience and falling off of things and whatnot, just hanging on.
3: You know, riding pigs.
2: Yep, riding. Yep, the pig ride.
3: Famously rotate quite quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. I've got a 19.
0: Okay, that passes. So you hang onto the rope. As you um, decide, what can you describe what side of the ship you're on? Are you on the port side closer to the storm or the starboard side closer to where it's being pitched? Probably
2: looking at the storm before all this happens, so the port side.
0: Okay. Uh, Cool. So you're hanging on to the the ropes by the railing. In fact, Mm -hmm. there was a rope ladder that was on that side that um, Koa was working on. Mm-hmm. And it kind of starts to unfurl. And what you do is you grab onto that and you're you're just hanging on. But you're, you've got a very good grip. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, Bar- Barba, what did you roll?
1: You said you get two dice if you don't have anything that fits.
0: Yes, but I will need to raise the target number respectively. Does that make sense? And sh- th- this isn't a specific mechanic in Rhesus. It, do- it talks about that for combat. But since this is not a combat, I'm going to try to do something... That allows you to do that. Or you can just fail automatically if you'd like. But
1: I'm, I, I want to give you a chance, you know? My horse hooves slide across this deck in an auto-fail. I try to, like, contrast my new characters with my old characters. Previous character, all decks. New character, no decks. She would auto-fail mm-hmm. any deck save. Okay. I mean, how would horse hooves cling to deck? It, it wouldn't. So she slides. She's sliding. Yeah. Okay. She, she's probably, um... Not having fun. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Because now, yeah, the the balloons are now no longer directly above you and they're more in your eyes. Yeah. Mm. I I did not purposefully make this to (laughs) torture your character, but it's just a happy coincidence that we get to do this. Fun. Anyway, you start sliding toward the starboard side, and as you do so, you see both Simon and Koa sliding down and they reach the railing. And they both are in danger of falling off the ship.
1: And of being squished by a horse who's gonna smash right through that railing. <laughs> well you're not in line
0: you're you're not in line with them. You're you're off centered, I guess, you're further toward the middle of the boat, they're further toward the the bow, you're astern,
1: I guess. Yeah, here I come. I hope you're built well, railing.
0: Okay, so you slide and you're uh <laughs> how heavy would you say you are? Not that I'm supposed to ask a lady their weight, but you are a centaur, and this may play into the mechanics of the integrity of the ship railing.
1: 1,400 pounds.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so you are slipping. That's actually at- on the light end of a horse.
1: Right. I'm a pretty dainty centaur, you know, but I'm a centaur.
0: <laughs> so as you slide, you, oh, boy, you fall and get tangled into these... um. They're more like cables, so they're, they're metal, uh, but they are straining because they, they, they flex quite a bit at your impact, but then they kind of bounce back a little bit, but you can tell that they're not meant to have sustained pressure on them for a long time, and as you hit those cables, uh, Simon actually flips onto the other side, and he's hanging on for dear life on uh, the ship, and while this is happening... The captain is trying to um, steer the ship away from the storm. Like, this is totally unexpected. She is skilled, and so she's able to, to start getting that way, but the storm is so intense and fierce, and the balloons are kind of going everywhere, and the ship is tilting, that she's having a very difficult time of it.
1: Can I? Do I have any chance to react? Like, can I do something?
0: Sure, yeah, go ahead. This, this game is all about roleplay, and as many details as you can put in there, the better, and the funnier they are, the better chance of your success.
1: I'd like to drink a potion.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> While you are sliding...
1: No, no, I'm manage... in the cables.
0: I... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you're there.
1: Yeah. I got flung across the deck. Now I'm in the cables. They're straining. I might fall off. Just saying. This is a great time yeah. for magic, because otherwise I'm going to die. Okay. I have a five in Potion Master, too, so this is going to be a very strong not effect I intend. I'm going to try to be a a Pegasus Centaur, but let's roll. Let's see. And then do you want me to roll a d10? Yeah,
0: roll a d10 to see if it goes the way you think it'll go.
1: Okay. Uh, It's a seven, so who knows if that'll... But that's a 13. Do I sprout wings?
0: You do, but it's... The magic is tampered with. Like, it's not exactly as you intend. And now I have to think on the fly of what happens. So, the wings that you sprout are, um, oh, no, no. Okay. Here's what happens you sprout like little baby wings that, that really couldn't lift. Like, they might lift Kit, maybe Chico, but they don't really do much for you. But however, um, what happens is they, they, they shimmer and it, actually teleports you inside the galley
1: oh no i don't fit in the galley my friend have you seen okay
0: well you can fit in the galley but getting out of the galley may be tricky
1: this is awful all right cool let's move on to kit <laughs> <laughs> it's not going well
3: well <laughs> yeah, I, i'd but... say it was going well considering you're not barreling face first off an airship
1: yeah that's it. hey it could be worse <laughs>
0: All right, Kit, what's going on in the engine room?
3: Well, all all the lights are going flishy, flashy, different colors, and it's all very interesting. But, um, yeah, everything's also started to wobble a little bit, and I uh, I rolled, well, personally, for me, I rolled um, uh, Aeronaut, which is just a 2, just because to see how stable I end up being. Uh, I got an 8 for that. Okay.
0: Uh, you end up falling... That's not quite enough to uh, maintain your balance, and so you fall. I would say into the engine, but not like the moving components that would necessarily cheer you up. But well, you no, slam.
3: Well, obviously there are like guards over there. We're not idiots.
0: Yes, yes. Well, I, I'm trying to paint a visual picture for the the listener at home. You slam into the the protected portion of the
3: engine. Oh, good oh, thing we we'll put a guard over that. Oh, that could have been awkward. <laughs>
0: Um, also, uh, was, that the, in...
3: was that the noise of a horse slamming against something?
0: <laughs> you also hear uh, because there's a pipe going from the, I don't know what you would call it, the wheel, to the engine room. The the helm. The, oh yes, the helm. Very nice. Uh, you are <laughs> the, truly you an can aeronaut. can call it
3: the steering wheel if you.
0: Want to annoy I'm going to call it the big turny thing. So anyway, from the big turny thing, <laughs> uh, Leica is shouting in the pipe but it's kind of it blends in with fierce wind and so you hear a lot of wind coming out of the pipe but you faintly hear from her if anybody's in the engine room i need more power now
3: oh i'm giving her all she's got (laughs) Captain. but uh, the engine can't take it anymore i assume i haven't really looked so what it's something i heard someone say once and it sounded fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) can you um Are you making any modifications to the engine in order to give it all she's got?
3: Oh, yeah, I can do that if you want. I can just... Actually, we we, we fitted this one earlier. Uh, It just says um, storm.
0: (laughs) The storm setting?
3: Yeah. It it (laughs) seems a sensible thing to put on. It's weird that most ships don't have one.
0: You know, uh, I will accept that. And uh, you, you require no roll because everything is automatically done as you shift... From normal to storm. Yeah, so uh,
3: basically all it does is um, from the the kind of tops of the masts, they kind of open up a little bit and a lightning rod pokes out of each of them Mm -hmm. just to kind of draw in any lightning, uh, which in turn kind of like funnels down back to the engine, uh, which kind of um, powers up kind of like an induction kind of gravity thing, which helps to suck like everyone down into the but it's, it's not quite the magic thing uh, but it's more of like a vent system so it kind of like there are fans underneath the surface of the the deck which uh, kind of start turning and it kind of starts vacuuming people onto the surface kind of like the opposite of an air hockey table
0: okay i i think i get what you're saying so as this is amazing because there were going to be some lightning strikes that were to be avoided. But now, as lightning strikes the mast of the ship, it powers the engine, as you so uh, wonderfully described. And what you... What Koa and Simon experience is they are uh, sucked toward the midship. Uh, they they kind of flip over the, the railing and are sucked up, even though the ship itself is still tilted starboard. Uh, the captain, unfortunately, is... Um, being pulled away from the helm uh-huh the helm and uh chico is hanging on to the ladder but the ladder itself is kind of moving toward this uh the suction but as well, all this well, happens I'm, I'm saying
3: the idea is that the fans are kind of beneath the surface of the, the deck right so oh. everyone is getting sucked kind of towards the floor so just oh, as a instead of keep, keep everyone yes on deck so it's kind of a got it So imagine it's just gone, like, real sticky.
0: Okay. Well, then I will reframe that. Uh, The two that were about to fall off kind of get stuck to the edge within the railing. Chico is firmly fixed where he was, and Laika has a lot of support, even though she's being pelted with wind and rain. She's able to more easily uh, navigate the ship out of the storm. And so because you uh, cleverly put a storm setting in the ship... Uh, You're able to navigate out quite easily. And as you do so, um, as quickly as the storm appeared, it disappears. And then all is quiet and clear as it was before. And the ship starts to rock back into a, a level place with everyone still stuck to the deck. With the exception of Barbara, who is now in a galley filled with wonderful smelling food.
2: And Chico's on deck and is like, where did Barbara go? I saw she was
1: falling off. Is she, did she fall off? And he runs over to see if she fell off. Ah, you don't see a horse plummeting through the clouds. <laughs> Where'd she go? I'm over here. And as you run into the galley, you see four horse hooves gently treading up in the air as I'm upside down wedged in between the stoves on one side and the like prep table on the other
2: how'd you end up there? Were you
1: hungry? You know, sometimes when you're scared, they say compression is a great way to calm down. This works. This is fine. My hooves are like just kind of flapping in the air. Oh,
2: shucks. I don't know what compression is, but that don't look fine.
1: It's fine. I, everything's fine. <laughs> you don't sound fine. You're making me upset. Oh, you already made all the food, though. It's all good. I'm wedged in here. There is no getting me out. <laughs> I can bring you some food in the
2: meantime. What do you want? Do you want some of the mashed potatoes or do you want some of the some of the mac and cheese? I don't
1: know what 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 you want. <laughs> These are both spoon foods that upon trying to eat them upside down will fall on me. I'll take a loaf of bread. Yeah, I can get you some of the bread.
0: Thanks. <laughs> so as um you have this conversation <laughs> the captain is kind of checking on everyone, and she makes her way down. She can look down the stairs into the galley and sees the cramped nature that you find yourself in, Barbara. And she's like, oh, boy. Not again. And so she... Um, <laughs> not she again? Inst- <laughs> 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 she she instructs Koa and Simon. She's like, boys, get over here. We, it's happened again. <laughs> and so they they go... And they start, they just automatically know what to do. They start pulling kind of panels off of the entryway that would go down into the galley and start making room. And so it's taking a while, but the, the space around you is expanding.
1: Don't you guys have better things to do? Like, you should get us there. I really, I think we should get there.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, you leave that to me, ma'am. Uh, I need to make sure you're okay. You're under my uh, care. And so I'm going to make sure that we open this up so you can move about freely. And uh, we will need to check on the systems of the ship, though, to make sure that storm didn't knock anything out. Um, can I have a volunteer to check any of the systems? And I assume Kit is probably not here because she got distracted by Barbara in the galley. Uh, Kit, what are you up to? Uh,
3: well, Kit has just um, turned it off, storm setting, because, you know, storm setting requires the lightning to power it, and if it doesn't have... That powering it, then the engine will draw more energy, and then if you leave it on too long and it's not actually a storm, then the whole ship just falls out of the sky, which we don't want to happen. So uh, just flick the switch back to not storm. <laughs>
0: That's good. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, th- uh, w- What a well-devised um, control system.
3: Well, you don't want... You know, it's, it's quite an important function, and you don't want it to... Uh, you know, you don't want to misread it or misinterpret it so if there's a storm you put it on storm if there's not a storm you put it on not storm
0: and so you have switched it to not storm and the engine gets a little bit quieter and it's not quiet by any means but it's not as um boisterous it's just kind mm. of normal normal engine noises
3: yeah and then i'm just going to be checking to uh, see if anything is just to make sure everything is running as it should be which i think it should be Okay. Apart from the the kit sized dent in one of the <laughs> one of the gear guards, <laughs> right. So I might get out a little mallet and just start kind of going ding 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 ding, ding to kind of you know hammer out that. Or actually, no, just get that little plunger
0: and go. Good trick. Nice. That that is exactly that's precisely what you do, uh, Chico. While you were in the galley with Barbara, you noticed movement kind of by what would be the uh, prep counter area. Like people there? It looks like it was a person, but in your mind, you can see the, um, you saw the captain was on, went back to the helm. Mm. And then the two crew members are kind of trying to uh, widen the area to accommodate Barbara. But, uh, and you're not sure where Kit is. But you do see movement over there.
2: Yeah, Chico go, hops over there and investigate, see who who it was.
0: Okay, as you... um, Do you have any kind of perception cliche or something associated mm. with that?
2: Yeah, I could use crop ninja. Ninjas are perceptive.
0: Okay. I was going to say explain. Okay, yeah, ninjas are perceptive. Okay, what you notice, especially um, being a master of stealth yourself, you end up seeing a cat. So it's a, a gray... Regular-sized cat with stripes and um, bright yellow eyes and a collar with what seems to be like a bell on it, and uh, it's just kind of hiding.
2: Oh, well, you must be a stowaway. Well, that's no big problem, and I see you got this collar on. Does it belong to anyone?
0: Is there a name on it? Uh, You look at the collar, and there's no name, but the... Given your... uh, Actually, did you roll for perception? I'm sorry. Oh, not yet. Ninja? Oh 28. Oh, okay. You notice that this collar has no name and the the bell itself is not like uh, it's not a bell at all. It's it's some spherical device and it's glowing a little bit.
2: Well, that don't look good. That's looks like magic.
0: Uh. Are you saying this aloud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I say that aloud while looking at it. All right. Um as you say that the cat eyes like stares you deep in the eyes and tries to run away.
1: But then is blocked <laughs> because the kitchen is very packed.
0: Mostly by horse. Well, cats are nimble. Wait, where are you
2: going? Tuga <laughs> uh, says, wait, where are you going? I thought you were hungry. We got plenty to eat. He grabs a bowl of something that starts stationing after the cat. You might like this.
0: All right. The cat is hopping from place to place, trying to leave. Why don't you roll? I guess you rolled really well for your ninja, and I think that's dexterity based as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll say you were able, you managed to catch up with the cat Mm-hmm. And you now are holding the cat, and it's it's resistant to you, but you have it.
2: Oh, uh, there's no need to be shy. You're you're welcome on this ship. You should try some of these. Uh, w- what the bowl of something I grabbed was. Uh, I don't know, fruit salad. Grab some fruit salad. Cats <laughs> like fruit salad, don't they? I, famously,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, the way you prepared it, because you prepared it remarkably well, uh, it likes this fruit salad, and so it mm-hmm. it starts to calm down and starts to kind of eat, but then stare at you every once in a while to make sure you're not doing anything uh, aggressive or strange.
2: Hmm. No, I'm not going to do anything strange. I was just wanting to feed you. There's it meows cat kindly. With a, there's still a cat with a magical collar that's probably, not, that's probably causing these uh, hurricanes and whatnot and all this stuff. Maybe I should let the captain know about you.
0: Are you going to take the cat with you to see the captain? Or oh, yeah. I what have, is your plan?
2: I have cat in one hand and fruit salad in the other hand in front of the cat while he's eating it. And welcome okay. the captain.
0: The captain is steering and uh, is waiting for the crew members to finish clearing space so Barbara can get out, but then uh, sees you and says, Oh, Chico, what can I do for you?
2: Hey, Captain Blackett. So I got this cat who I found with this magical collar that's glowing pretty bright, and I yeah. fed it some fruit salad and brought it to you. I don't know if don't this collar it. had anything to do with the storm that we just came into, but it sure started wanting to run away and the moment I noticed its collar on.
0: Uh as it, The more you keep talking about its collar, mm-hmm. the more it wants to get away from you. So it starts really violently trying to get away. <laughs> um, and um it, it knocks over the bowl of fruit that you were holding, and so that's Not all over the, salad.
4: the deck. I know!
0: <laughs> And so, um, I need you to make a, some kind of cliche check that you're holding on to the cat if you choose to hold on to the cat.
2: Well, I've held on the cats a lot in the farm, so I'll roll farm uh, boy. All right. To try to, to, I've dealt with this kind of this kind of stuff a lot of times with a bunch of farm animals trying to kick away when they don't when they don't want some they don't know what's good for them. Got to. I mean,
3: put it put it this way: what are cats but slightly more furry, more furry possums?
2: Exactly,
0: minus the <laughs> knives. Yeah, minus the, kni- they, well, they knives. The claws are like knives, little uh, tiny uh, knives. Yeah, yeah uh. but not actual knives.
2: Na- <laughs> nature's <laughs> knives. Uh, I got twenty-two.
0: Okay, yeah, you you your skill around livestock and animals uh, it it's automatic. You don't even think about it. You just know exactly where to grab and counter every move that this cat. So the picture is you're talking casually to the captain. And your hands are moving, uh, like, t- twice a second in repositioning to contain this cat. And the cat is completely helpless in mm. its ability to try to escape you. But you're like, you know, you're pretty cool just saying, yeah, there's this cat and there's this collar. And I don't know what's Every going on. Every time I on, say and...
2: collar, it gets feistier. And I say, I think I know what the problem is, Captain. Uh,
0: and what's that? This collar. <laughs> it starts <laughs> screaming, snarling, hissing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, what what are you gonna do about it then?
2: Well, I'm holding it. Can you take the collar off? <laughs> and starts <to> getting
0: angry. <laughs> she turns from the wheel. I mean, it's pretty stable. It's clear. There's not really mm-hmm. a, a danger. She tries to take <laughs> off the collar. Let me roll for that. Let's see what her cliche is. She tells you like, animals are not really my thing. Um, I'm more of a person of the sea. I will say that. Um. And
3: cat begins with a C. You're fine. Oh, that's true.
0: <laughs> well, my my graduate thesis is more on swordplay, showmanship, and sailing, not cats. But I'll do what I can. And so she she manages. Um, she's unable to do. Well, if you
3: make it. a show of it, it's fine.
0: Oh, <laughs> she yes. You're the you're the the voice in her head that's trying to convince <laughs> her to power through and take this collar off. So she. Um, She begins doing some very dramatic arm movements and almost a dance, but not quite, as she tries to sync up with the cat. And as she does so, she's able to remove the collar. And she has the collar. And as she removes the collar, uh, the cat that you hold in your hand, Chico, becomes something different a possum. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite it becomes it slowly grows into a woman uh with deep blue skin tone uh her eyes are completely white like uh, all sclera and she has white hair but not very much like like straggles of hair as if um she was burned at some point or something like she's uh and but she is also dressed in a, kind of a white tunic of sorts and pants. And so, just like, get, 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 oh, sorry, wrong voice. Get off me!
2: Wait, you're not a cat.
0: You're, well, I'm not sure what to call you. Huh. Well, I guess I'm discovered. My name is Andrea, but that's all you'll get out of me. Wait,
2: okay, so you're Andrea? Wait, so, hmm. I'm Chico, nice to meet you.
0: <laughs> she... She eyes you suspiciously, and she's like, ah, I must get off this ship.
2: Well, it's a long way down to the to the ground. We just got done with the storm. Are you hungry? Well, you just ate some of my fruit salad. There's
0: something else you'd like. She She kind of eyes you and the captain, and <laughs> she's unsure what to make of your offer of food. But then... Eventually, you see her relax and go, "Yes, food, yes, that sounds delightful i i'll I'll take some of your food, oh, come along, then, follow me. It's all cooked by me. Everyone in the ship liked my cooking so she eyes you suspiciously and she 's looking like it, it's as if she was expecting more of a commotion that she, uh, with her appearance, and there is none. <laughs> And so she just follows you and well, she Well to be fair, we have just had a teleporting horse. <laughs>
3: <That's
2: true. laughs> uh, follow me by this way. Don't go down the galley. They're they're dealing with the situation there. A horse got stuck in the galley and you just see <laughs> just imagine like I know there are forklifts on the ship, but I just imagine like the beeping of forklifts backing up in reverse and dealing with the situation, like <laughs> pulling apart panels to get the horse and then Barbara's just like I'm (laughs) fine
0: I will say at this point um enough of the tables and furniture or the fixtures have been cleared so that Barbara can at least get on her hooves but the roof is a little bit low so you can't exactly stand all the way upright but you can stand and so you see Chico with uh, this blue woman following him
1: hey I wave as you walk past because you're not going here Hey Barbara, I'll talk to you l- we'll talk later.
2: We got we got a guest. It's a this woman who's blue. Her name's Andrea. She she can shapeshift into cats. Nice. So
0: <laughs> Andrea is flummoxed by the casual mention of like, "Oh, uh this is not what I uh, expected at all." Uh, and then she she waves hesitantly at Barbara, like "Hey," and keeps following Chico.
2: So uh, we I get think to... I think
3: by this point Kit will have finished off checks in the engine room and gone upstairs in search of food, only to discover Barbara stuck.
1: <laughs> I hand you a loaf of bread.
3: You <laughs> <laughs> um, were uh, stuck in here.
1: Yeah, I, I. I Totally choked, and I I did use a potion. I don't think I should use magic anymore.
3: Well, uh, so so, how how are you stuck in here? Can you not just like binge your knees and like shuffle out?
1: I break the thing that I I like press myself, and I'm like stretch, and it goes snap, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um- a broken dishwasher behind me i emerge from the wreckage through the widened thing but uh yeah still horse still inside yep
3: yeah. well, we we, should, we can just get you out it's not not an issue uh hang on let me just uh, check this this doorway here it should have a uh just behind this little panel there ah yeah here you go Here's your issue it, it was set to not horse <laughs> See the, Yeah, the, yeah. When we were designing these, um, that you know, we had to have you know some certain little um, modifications to, because you know we we live in a world with quite a lot of different differently sized people. Uh, so this one's got a, a horse setting and the not horse setting. And yeah, this was set to not horse. So if you just flick it to horse, and we flick that. You see the the door frame actually widens and it gets a lot bigger.
1: Wow, I've got to give you snaps.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, you see the crew members look at each other holding boards and hammers, and they they were trying to deconstruct all this, and they look at each other, and they look at Kit like, you mean the whole time we could have just flipped the switch? What, you didn't read the instructions? No, man. We're just here for extra credit. Well, apparently
3: the credit is not in reading.
0: No. And so you see them kind of slump and start putting the boards back on. And things have shifted a bit, so they're a little confused as to where they should go. But they're doing their best. Well,
3: hey, Barbara, wait till they find about the the secret switch in the captain's cabin.
1: <laughs> What's that one?
3: Oh, well, I, I don't want to spoil things just in case uh, we need to use it later on. But uh, it's, it's interesting. Put it that way.
0: So as- that's good. You're doing great. As Chico makes his way to a place that is not the galley, but I assume has food, Andrea follows you. Uh, What do you do next, Chico?
2: Well, after making sure she's getting fed, I'm going, I'd like to ask, what are you exactly? You got blue skin and white hair. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I've never seen anyone like you. Well, that's a bit rude, wouldn't you say? Well, I'm a, I'm a bunny rabbit. What? Am I? What? But I don't know. I'm a bunny rabbit.
0: And what are well, you? Well, you are a cute bunny rabbit, I will say. I had a, oh, a pet rabbit when I was younger, and I'm just a normal human. Well, I was, till my classmates cursed me and became this.
2: Oh, that's terrible. How could they? Whenever I... I I got pranked on. It was just like them sticking me with a hot rod in my butt and then leaving a scar. But that that's another time. But never something that completely defaced me, like turning my skin blue and hair defaced? white. Defaced? Well, is, isn't that what you just said happened? They cursed no, you.
0: No, they, they did curse me, but you don't have to be so rude
2: about it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's very interesting, actually. But... Well... I thought you were something completely... someone completely A different, whole different race of something,
0: someone. Well, I'm probably one of... One of a kind, we'll say. They cursed me to the point that... I was in a school for magic. And unfortunately, I had none. I cheated my way in. When I was discovered by my classmates, they... They cursed me. They bullied me. And now I'm this. And they... I suppose they did give me a gift. I can shapeshift at will, but... All I want is to see them ended.
1: I've caught up. Clip-clop, clip-clop. I heard that, you know. And I say, yeah, there's a certain mystique about you. <laughs> oh,
0: see, that is how you compliment someone, rabbit man. Oh,
2: shucks, I'm sorry. I don't know big words like, like Barbara here does. Oh, this is Barbara. She's a centaur. I think she's really new to fire-breathing kittens. She She's afraid of umbrellas. Oh, you are what the
0: fire-breathing kittens then.
2: <laughs> I like, bosses, how, I like how that's the, the detail that was like oh you're the fire breathing kittens. <laughs> oh well I did mention fire breathing kittens, I think, didn't I?
0: Oh yes, you just okay, did. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> I I see why I was put aboard this ship then. I my my employer's very interested in you.
1: Us uh, Juggleheads
0: Oh don't be so hard on yourself, darling. I love your hair, by the way.
1: Thanks. I, like, start patting my tail.
0: At this point, uh, Captain Laika comes back and says,
1: Who is this? A stowaway. Oh,
2: this is Andrea. She was disguised as a cat, and she had a magic collar on, but we took care of that. Now she's getting fed, and we're getting to know each other.
0: Ah, that's right. I remember removing the collar, but I did turn around right after to to steer the ship, so... I'm going to explain away why I didn't see her transformation right in your arms when I was right there.
3: Yeah, captains famously have no peripheral vision. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> totally, straightforward. Very, very, focused,
0: very focused on the job, of course. So now that I've explained that away... Uh, why are you on my ship? Oh, well, I was sent here by my employer to... See if these heroes were the real
2: thing. My I guess, I mean I'm real and so is uh so is Barbara and wherever Kit is. Oh, I'm I'm down here. Oh right I, behind you. I'm sorry Kit. I'm not so used to there be I'm used to there being small people like me and we getting behind the big guy, but I guess I'm the big guy today. Well no well Barbara's the big guy, but the big gal. You're the, you're the middle guy. Uh, yeah. That
1: Well Andrea, really I'm just here trying it out, you know? So, in
2: conclusion, Andrew, I think we're the real things, and,
0: yeah. I don't really mean that you're material and exist, but more that you're the heroes that, well, the fire-breathing kins are known for heroics, and my employer needs such people. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, if, you,
3: if you're if you talking about the arson, that's uh, that's extra.
0: <laughs> yes, I've heard those stories, too. <laughs> Well, so
3: if, if you want us, us to set stuff on fire, that's uh. Yeah, that, that costs extra.
0: I don't think that will be necessary, but I'll leave that up to him.
3: Well, everyone else has said that previously, and things have always ended up on fire, so you know, just uh. bear this oh. in mind. It may become necessary.
1: You want to avoid unnecessary extra charges? Oh, definitely. I
0: tell you what, you're on his way to his home now. I'll escort you and introduce you. If that is something you're interested in.
2: Well, we're already on a job right now to save the world from all this magic doohickey stuff, so we can kill two birds with one stone or whatever the saying is. Do that. Huh. What do y'all think? He's directing that the kitten, Barbara.
3: Oh, well, I was going to say, if we can avoid killing birds, if we... Ken just because oh
2: I'm sorry I didn't mean the... there's just a saying um, that says kill two um, birds with um, one stone but um, I don't um, mean um, like I'm, you I'm the kid. only one
3: here at the moment so uh
2: no two other birds and they're oh. they're in our head not like you I wouldn't want to kill you kid you're too cool you know how to tinker with stuff
0: so are you saying if he wasn't cool you would kill him
2: no I wouldn't kill him if he wasn't cool i i i don't want to kill I don't want to kill people That's just the the way the the saying goes. It says, you know what? No, just forget about that saying. I don't know what it means either.
1: Yeah, lingo's really hard. Well, I definitely want to hang out with this Betty more. Oh,
0: she, uh, it's hard to tell, but she blushes like the, the, the blue, the dark blue on her face becomes slightly purple. and she says, well, nobody's ever treated me. With such kindness,
3: well, the, the, I mean, this is just basic politeness. So, what does that say about your life previously?
0: She she extends her arms and kind of looks at herself up and down as if to say, uh, "Yeah, look at me." Uh, I think uh, you may not have been here when I explained my very difficult and horrible childhood, but it was well, very difficult and horrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 i think you are the people that victor would very much like to meet and so she uh she stands up and she go she walks to the captain and kind of has a hushed conversation with her and kind of waves her hand in the air but points in a specific direction and instructs gives her instructions of some sort and the captain nods and takes the helm and uh with that, um, we're going to take our break. So, joining us today were Kit.
3: I, I forgot we had to say something at this point. Um, yeah, remind me about that the that, that secret button in Kipton's cabin. I want to use that later on. Chico.
2: Well, there's still plenty of food, more food to eat. I guess I'll just treat myself. I haven't actually, actually had a chance to really eat on my food yet. And Barbara.
1: Did anybody else... Want to read a review? I've got one if you guys don't... Anybody prepared to do that? Oh,
3: you you go ahead. No? Uh, you, you've got it in front of you.
1: Uh, all right. Helium Boy, I'll read your review again because last minute. I just pulled one up. Why not? All right. So it says, fun, funny, and friendly gaming podcast. This podcast is the most fun TTRPG podcast I've listened to. The rotation of characters makes each episode slash story refreshing and interesting. My favorite character is Lothario, who always comes to the party looking stylish and with his friendly demeanor. I'm still new to tabletop RPGs, but Fire Breathing Kittens has been a fun way to learn different types of tabletop games. Just wanted to make sure the person who played Lothario gets to hear that all the time. (laughs) If you leave us a review on iTunes, we'll read it on air. Bye.
0: Goodbye, everybody. Bye.
1: Today's mid-episode shout-out is from clean underscore simple underscore 2796, who says, quote, For many years, a battle has been going on between heaven and the underworld for power over man. A mighty artifact can decide the outcome, the spindle of fate, whose new guardian becomes Marina. To get the spindle, messengers appear on Earth, they move into Marina's classmates, and the that's terrifying. And the whole trinity immediately falls into the epicenter of amazing adventures in the world of darkness. Where will the light of their hearts lead? Amazon.com slash spindle hyphen fate hyphen deafening hyphen dark hyphen ebook. Um, end quote. I think based on that Amazon link, I think it's called The Spindle of Fate. Um, If you want to read that book. It sounds very interesting and thrilling. So... You can arrange for us to read your shout-out at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with Buy Me A Coffee. If you'd like to read our books, we have books on Amazon. We have audiobooks on Audible. We don't pay to advertise our show, so if you would very kindly tell somebody about us, that would really help. Thank you. Oh, and if you tell someone about us, you can buy a shout-out, and then that person who's listening to the podcast will hear you talk to them through the podcast, which is kind of cool.
0: Welcome back. Uh, We are mid-episode, and we're so glad that you're listening to us. Um, If you somehow fell asleep during the first part, or didn't pay attention, or something that makes you feel like you missed some aspect of the story and you wish we would describe it, well, you're in luck, because one of us is going to do that. And when I say us, it's the royal us, not me, one of you. Uh, Can everybody roll a d6? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's going to be awkward if it's me because I'm two out of three of those things. I got I a got six. Four.
1: Five.
0: Can everybody Oop. see this number? You've yes. done a two. Mm. I've done a two. Well, let's not <laughs> spread my private business to the <laughs> world at large, but I think that means that whoever rolled the four gets to tell us yep. the recap.
2: So at the very beginning, we were all at the FBK Guild Hall. Uh, it was a Wednesday. Typical Wednesday, no one was feeling good. It was kind of very dreary this Wednesday at the guild hall, and turns out um Noodle Sag was feeling under the weather because magic in the area has gone awry it's it's gone all crazy. it's not working the way it's supposed to, and he's has skirmished Killington, who is a Goliath who came up to us with a job to go out and solve the issue, said that the issue was possibly in the direction of this crack that was on the side of this magical stone that would point in the direction no matter which way you turn it the crack would fall and and keep going due north. So we took this stone, went on to a ship um, hailed by Captain Laika who is pretty much in charge of this airship that that, um, Barbara was scared of because it reminded her of umbrellas for some reason so so we had to deal with that getting her on board. And once we got on board and started sailing towards the direction of that crack, um, there were, a portal came out of the sky, and a hurricane came through, and a storm started blowing. Everyone was, everything was going crazy on the ship. but we handled it by hitting the oh, the, the storm button. the storm button was set to no storm. So we had to set that to the storm button, and everything I mean, was fine. I mean, when and you we, say
3: it like that, it seems simple.
2: I mean, it's, it was, there was a lot of thrills going on. And then Kit (laughs) was just able to like, oh yeah, this button and clicked it. It's like, it was that simple. It's like, when you're freaking out, you don't notice these things. So once we get all that done, um, turns out there was a cat with a magical collar, took the collar off the cat, turned out to be this blue skinned, white haired, completely white eyed woman named Andrea, who was very unhappy with how Chica was. Was was calling out her deformities, not knowing she was actually human. And then it turns out she was bullied as a child because she didn't know magic when she was going to magic magic school, and that led her down the road she's in now. And now she's wanting revenge, and she knows this person. I've forgotten their name because it was mentioned right at the end. Someone who lives at a castle supposedly at in the direction that we're heading. Victor. And that's where we left off. Victor, thank you. That was the name of that person. So she said her, her mentor or someone important to her named Victor was at this castle and we're actually heading that direction, so that's probably where the the source of all this magical flux is coming from. And that's where we
0: left off. Thank you for that wonderful description, Chico. So, as he said, um, you're traveling in the direction in this airship toward a still north, according to this artifact. It's been a couple of days since the events of uh, the discovery of Andrea and the, the storm and everything. It's been fairly uneventful since then. You've gotten to know Andrea a little bit better. She's kind of overwhelmed by the kindness you're showing her. That's not something she's ever really experienced at all. And so she's kind of, uh, growing fond of you three. Uh, the captain is still a little bit professional, so isn't extending as much kindness, so that relationship isn't as, uh, strong. Anyway, uh, on the morning of the fifth day, traveling north, the captain tells you, It uh, looks like we're, uh, approaching the North Pole. I didn't think we'd be going this far, but, uh, here, here we are. According to your artifact, it looks like we're, uh, getting close. It's not quite as chilly as I was led to believe that it would be. And then Andrea says, You get accustomed to it. It's not quite that bad. You can see it's a very, topographically speaking, mountainous. There's a lot of mountains in the area. And because you've effectively befriended Andrea, she points at a specific mountain and is um. it's validated by the artifact. It's, the crack starts moving in that direction. And so Andrea's able to skillfully lower the, the airship, the phoenix, kind of right by what, what looks to be an opulent edifice that's built into this mountain. And so you've now landed.
1: Guys, I think we found Santa's workshop. Way. <laughs> Let's haul ass. I'm so excited to get off this boat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hold your horses there, ma'am. Uh, no, no offense. Uh, let me go ahead and lower the, the gangplank. And so uh, Koa and Simon, they, they start r- operating the crank, which lowers, extends and lowers the gangplank, and now you are free to disembark.
1: I hold ass. <laughs> I gallop. I'm on land. All right. It feels so solid.
0: Uh, Chico, Kit... Are you on her back? I assume, or I put put on a coat. I'll stay
2: on her. I'll stay on her back. I've got a natural fur coat, so I think I'm good in the uh, in the snow here.
0: You notice Andrea? Um, she remains on the ship, and she hesitates. She's not sure if she should join you, and so she. You can see her just kind of in decision. She has that decision making face on, and she's just thinking. Uh, but. Uh, Away from the ship, you can see a very large oak door with what appear to be uh, iron fixtures, like an iron handle, an iron door knocker. And then to the right of the door, you see a, a metal panel, probably about half a meter or a foot and a half square. And then there's a mesh circle in the middle with a small white button below it. And then next to the button, you have an inscription. and It says V... Von McGee.
2: Well, that's a button, Victor—or not Victor. Victor's the name of the first one. Uh, Kit, you're good with buttons. Yeah.
3: Press it. <laughs> well, um, if you could give me a bit of a lift up,
2: I probably could. Oh, okay, alrighty. And he picks up Kit, holds him next to the white
0: button.
3: Okay. Uh, I hit the button.
0: <laughs> you hear up. And then, uh, just after you hear, uh, yes, hello?
3: Who was there? Oh, it's, um,
0: who are we? Fire-breathing kittens. Yeah, that's it. Ah, delightful. I'm so pleased you have made it. I was afraid you were the sea scouts. They are relentless with their cookie sales. Uh, yes, please, Oh, yeah, yeah, We,
3: we passed their frozen bodies some while back.
0: Oh, that, that is not what I was hoping... Hmm. I'll have to get some of my automatons to clean them up.
3: Well, what's the Give left them a of them, there, were, there were massive bite marks in them. Oh, there's mm. something out here. All
0: like right. Some, Thank you for the warning.
3: I have Some sort uh, of arctic
0: possum, I think. Oh, they wield deadly knives. You know, I will have to increase the security of my uh, abode. Thank you, fire-breathing kittens. Please let me buzz you in. And then you hear Bang! and then the uh, the oak door. Becomes slightly ajar.
2: Wait, so Andrea's hesitant to come by or come with us?
0: She's still well uh you look back and she's still kind of like shaking her head one way as if to consider one position and then tilting her head the other way and it's like, well, I don't know like you you recognize the the body language. It's it's uncertainty.
2: Chico's gonna look back and waver and like come on, we're waiting for you.
0: Says uh she she snaps out of her um, her stupor in thinking and waves at you she says, Oh, I, I'm sorry, Chico. I, I've i become very fond of you all, but I don't think that... Uh, I don't think I should go with you. It, it's terms of my employment, as it turns out, so... You'll meet Victor, and he will tell you what to do. And I'll wait here on the ship, if that's okay.
2: Hmm... I get a little group huddle with everyone. Uh man, I, I need to stop being so trusting. So what do you guys think? Cuz I'm not sh- I'm not entirely sure if we should trust someone who was coming on the ship with some magical collar and saying they were employed and I'm not supposed to know who you are or I'm not supposed to tell you who I am and then I mean, I did feed her and then she started opening up, but we still don't know much about her
1: but chico that kind of helped us too you know by being friendly to her we found out more about the source of magic breaking like we know his name's victor and he lives at the north pole and he's got a friend named andrea you know so like being nice doesn't just help other people it helps you
2: yeah i guess you're right let's go (laughs) completely sway chico to just be ignorant awesome
0: (laughs) so you're making your way through the door then Oh this totally kid will. has any objectives yeah. objections.
1: Okay. Uh, it's a big door, it, right? It...
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So it's great. it's massive, like twelve feet tall.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see it set to horse. <laughs> I think you're okay.
2: <laughs> I, I love how your new character is like completely opposite to your old character. Your old character would be wondering, but now your new character is just like, let's go. <laughs> we can trust him. That's great. It's funny because after the last episode, Chico was very, or Chico's last mission, he was very much trusting and then it went south. So now he's a little on edge about trusting people. Just a little. It doesn't, doesn't take a lot for him to change his mind.
3: But as the door closes, I just want to get like a bit of a rock and just prop the door open so it doesn't shut completely. Okay. Uh, as you do so... Quick escape, should we need
0: it. Smart. Uh, you walk in and it's pleasantly warm relative to outside but with the door ajar there's a nasty draft coming in and so I think instinctively all of you kind of shift over to your left to avoid the draft and uh, you find yourselves in a room that's pretty it's not opulent but it is uh, it's well decorated it's it's a foyer it's uh has marble floors with various rugs uh, tasteful paintings around uh, light fixtures that would resemble modern light bulbs but maybe unfamiliar to your group. Sorry. Hold on. And the only exit out of this room, there's some s- seating that's very comfortable looking, uh, probably not for centaurs, though. And then you see at the far wall, there's a door that leads on. Oh, and there the, there is a sign on the table that says... Please make yourself comfortable.
2: Well, all righty then. He just sees the sign and sits in one of the nice comfy chairs. This chair is mighty comfy. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's any furniture here for our dear Barbara.
1: Don't worry about me. It's not a problem. I'm totally cool. Um, Let's just be mellow. <laughs>
3: oh, no, she's on nerves again.
0: <laughs> so as you uh, make yourself comfortable... There is a small, it kind of looks like a Roomba, to describe it to the players, but it's just this short disc-shaped thing that's moving toward you with a tray on top, with uh, hot cocoa mugs, uh, and appropriately enough, there, there's like a large cup, a medium cup, and a smaller cup, and it whisks towards where you're sitting, and uh, stops in the middle of the three of you.
2: All right, I think each cup is for each of us. That's, that's mighty nice. All right, I'll take the medium one.
1: Hey Chico, can I check that? Sure. I'd like to use my Potion Master ability. I also have Herb Identification and Chemist as abilities. Okay. And I'd like to identify this by smelling it. I'm gonna sniff it, holding the cup up to my nose and wafting. With my hand, the vapors up to my nose. Okay. So which of uh, my skills do you think I should use to roll?
0: I think potion would probably be better because it seems to constitute a broader array of things that it could be. And if it is organic, the the herb stuff would kick in. But I'd say potion.
1: 21, maybe?
0: Excellent. That, that you can exactly identify most of this. And so, what you have determined is this is not only hot chocolate, but it is using a variety of chocolate that is exceptionally um, flavorful and unfamiliar. Like it's an uncommon varietal, but based on, and I'll go ahead and extend that to your herbal knowledge, I'll say you know that it's benign. It's not poisonous. It's not, um, you can tell that it's just a quite flavorful cocoa.
1: Having sniffed it, I hand it to Chico.
2: Yay! This smells amazing. He sips
0: it. Uh, a, a warmth courses through your body that is extremely comfortable. Uh, you didn't realize how cold you were outside until you take a sip of this drink, and then you realize the difference that it is making, and you feel just loose and um, satiated.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I feel mighty warm and comfortable here, drinking this hot cocoa on this soft on the soft cushion here next to the fireplace. Uh, I want to do two things.
3: First of all, I would just want to double-check that the Roomba-esque disc is set to not murder. Mm-hmm. And then after um, that, I'd like to okay. deactivate it and stash it in my, my bag.
0: Okay. So uh, it is larger than you, like it could accommodate you. So just so you know. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, go ahead and roll... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and roll for um, checking the switch, because this technology is different than what you've seen before. Like tinker or whatever <laughs> s- cliche you think would be the better. The
3: switch is in a slightly different spot to normal. That's, that's <laughs> right. Sl- or is a different color? All right, that's
0: 16. Okay. Uh, you do find the setting. Uh, it's written in very flowing script common, and it's, a, it's set to hospitality.
3: What's the other setting?
0: Um, I think, well, the other settings are flee, uh, defense, and there's a question mark by the last setting. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to deactivate it anyway. Okay. Uh, it, it seems to gather your intent and backs away from you. It's a smart guy. Yeah?
3: Okay. Uh, right, server, this statement is a lie. Take trap. It, uh,
0: <laughs> you can see that the switch goes to question by itself, and it it seems to be still, but moves left and right occasionally as if to indicate it's still operating, but it's processing. Well, that, that'll keep it busy. It decides, uh, it stops, it switches to flee, and then it makes its way through the, the far door at the end of the, the room.
3: Yep, that's what I call an existential crisis. <laughs> good to know Anyway, what's going on with the bigger people?
1: Would you like some cocoa? Oh, yeah, right I hand you a cup
3: Well, No, you can just stick it on the floor I don't have, you know, hands
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. I put the cup on the floor
0: I'll stick my beak in it <laughs> It is, uh, the same sensation goes through you That went through Chico You're warm, satiated And feel, um like more confident, strangely.
3: Yeah, don't like this.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh you hear seemingly from everywhere, uh a, a xylophone playing three notes. Doon dun doon. That dun. says ah, no, Oh,
3: we're we're B C <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if that's
0: copyrighted. Let me switch the notes.
3: It's 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 three
0: dun, notes. Dun, dun. Um Uh, Hello, fire-breathing kittens. Uh, Please make yourselves at home. I am looking forward to uh, speaking with you, but uh, I don't want to rush you. Please take your time. Uh, You can meet me at the end of the hallway. Uh, It's a bit of a walk, but I have every confidence that I will see you uh, whenever you're ready. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I'll see you later. And then you hear the end of the transmission.
1: Do you want to ride?
0: Sure thing. He
2: Chico hops up to hops up, hops up on top of Barbara.
1: Yeah,
3: may as well.
0: I mean, it's well. How how long is the corridor? Well, the room itself is large. It's about seventy five feet, uh, from the front door to the rear door. Like it's oh. this very spacious room.
1: Right. So the corridor is beyond the rear door. Correct. Okay, how long's that?
0: Uh, that one is probably a hundred and twenty feet.
1: Okay, I sprint down it.
0: Okay, so you're opening the door. Are you taking your cups with you?
1: No, I finished okay. mine.
0: Cool. <laughs> All right, so you open the door and you blast through, and then uh, ten at- seconds later, we're at the end. <laughs> well, not quite, <laughs> because as as you gallop through, uh, two. Metal barred doors close on either side of you, and then you hear a rumbling from the walls to your left and right.
3: I knew I should have checked the walls for, this, for the trap switch.
0: What's going on? So, as and the walls, I would say the corridor is wide, it's probably 15 feet wide. Uh, but you hear um, the rumbling, and then spikes start coming out of the walls, stop and then the walls slowly start making their way to you.
3: Yeah, that chick's out. Wait a minute, what's
2: going on? This is a trap. How do, And nah, Chico's starting to look around. I'm gonna look for a way to get out of here, if there's any way. Can I roll uh, vigilante sidekick or?
0: Yes, that's perfect. I think that would mm. be appropriate.
2: Go ahead and roll that. So I got
0: 12. Okay, that, so you see, there's a ceiling ventilation panel above you. Hmm. And then there's also a sewer grate on the floor in the middle of the corridor.
2: Okay, so there are two ways out. There's one, so I point up to the ceiling grate to Kit and say, can't, can't you go out and fly up there and see if there's a way to stop this thing? And that,
1: <laughs> that's really mean.
2: And I look at the sewer thing and I, I look, is that wide enough for a centaur to go through?
1: If you say yes, I'm going to punch you.
0: <laughs> it's it's not. It's not. But okay. um but it looks Wait, how, how will you punch me? Hold on. <laughs> I kind of want to say yes to see what happens.
1: I'm just frustrated by the suddenly horse-sized accommodations all the time. No,
0: no, no. So the sewer grate w- could accommodate a person. The ventilation
1: You'd better not say I fit <laughs> in that ventilation chest.
0: No. You you don't. <laughs> But, I, I can't. Uh, even, I don't think I can
2: reach the ventilation shaft. That's why I say, Kit, you should go up the ventilation shaft. But there is. And so, i go.
0: It would fit a normal, uh, medium-sized, I guess, human in this dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will also say, not only do you see those two things, but on past the barred door in the corridor, you see a, a pedestal that rises up out of the floor with a gleaming red button.
1: I'm running right towards it, right? Like, that's... Oh, past the bar door. Okay. Past the
0: bar door. So, but How and far it's,
1: apart are the bars?
0: The bars are probably eight inches between them.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm at the bars. I ran all the way there to the end of the corridor, and I'm like, Kit, press the button.
3: Oh, yeah, okay. I'll just... <laughs> Squeezing my way through.
2: Oh, yeah, you could, you're could. you small enough to do that, yeah. yeah.
0: So you're pushing the button?
3: And, well, unless there's a handy... Just off switch on the other side of the <laughs> on the other side
0: of the bars um so the pedestal is up high, and while this is happening that the walls are slowly closing in, but very slowly um, are you on top of the pedestal below the pedestal I, like were you able to get over to the button uh, I well, suppose I'd, I'd, Barbara I'd, I'd, could have thrown uh, you
3: I mean I could, she could have done
1: i couldn't have I'm not strong. I have magic. I can give you a potion that all magic in the world will fail, so uh, <laughs> maybe I should use it on the wall.
3: <laughs> I can probably work my way up. It's can't be that difficult.
0: Okay. Um, give me some kind of cliche associated with climbing, if you have any Oh, I anything.
2: forgot kiwis can't fly. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I thought. I thought you could fly. I was like, "Why do you have? Why do you have?" And I just realized you have a glider thing in the beginning. I was like, "Wait, why?"
1: He desperately wants to fly one day, like all the other birds, Chico. That's why you guys said I were me. I'm sorry. This is life's goal.
3: <laughs> all right, now we finally understand the core aspect of the character. Uh, <laughs> um, how about if I go for dreamer? On the basis that, like, you can like see kind of or imagine an unusual path to the top of the pedestal, like maybe up the side, like the side of the wall. Maybe there's a suit of armor or something you can climb up that, and then hop over. Okay. Or maybe there are some curtains you can like with your so, beak, yeah. pull, pull yourself up and then glide.
0: Perfect. Go ahead and roll that. And I'll describe what happens depending on the outcome.
3: Uh fifteen.
0: Oh. I, you made it. <laughs> so since the the corridor itself was about fifteen feet wide, and you notice that there's no furnishings in the the trapped section, but there are furnishings beyond. And so there are um there's like a wall of paintings. It's almost like a, a portrait corridor. And so you're able to hop from picture frame to picture frame until you're at the highest point you strap on your, uh, your gliding backpack and you, you, you steal your courage as you look at your <laughs> the walls that are closing in on your your, your party you jump over, you glide and uh, you, you are making your way to the button, you can land on the pedestal or go past the pedestal I'll leave that up to you but you can read very clearly. It says big red button that says off in uh, white letters.
3: Well, it seems sensible. It's land on the pedestals and then uh, just go. I'll just press the button with my foot. Go.
0: Okay. Pink. Uh, it, it, the action on the button is very satisfying. There's a nice mechanical click. And as soon as you do that, the walls stop, the spikes withdraw, and then the walls go back... To their normal place, and then the doors slide open.
3: Well,
2: I am glad that uh,
3: <laughs> the stop was referring to this and not like the oxygen in here.
2: <laughs> well, thank you so much for saving us. Now we gotta get to the bottom of this. I think Victor was trying to trick us, and he is the one behind all this magic flux mojo going on. We gotta stop him.
1: Or understand why he's doing this and find a different way to both accomplish our goals.
2: Hmm,
0: you might be onto something. I like that. This <laughs> is the friendliest group I think I've ever experienced.
3: But just in case, uh, would uh, Barbara, you're able to move a bit quicker? Would you mind just sticking your head out of the door at the far end and ask uh the captain to set sail the ship. Uh, and hover just above the the house.
1: The running part, I do really quickly. The approaching the ship part, my feet do you, slow you just down.
3: Shout. You just shout.
1: Yeah, and I, I shout that, and I quickly run back inside, away from the scary boat thing.
0: <laughs> it was it was rushed, and in a way that was a, not super discernible, but uh, Laika does get the gist. And so the captain... Gets makes preparations, and then you, if you stick around long enough, you see uh, Andrea actually pitching in a little bit, and the ship hovers slightly, and starts to make its way over the edifice.
3: Yeah, uh, and uh, there will have also been some other brief instructions, uh, which we won't reveal just now.
0: Oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, so you are in the corridor, and there is a door at the far end. And the pedestal itself has retracted back into the floor.
2: Mm. Well, do we make our way through this door? Yeah. Brace ourselves. All right, let's go.
0: All right. I
1: read the kittens. You guys should be on my back so that if we have to book it, we can do so quickly.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you come to a slightly warmer room, uh, and you see coffee shrubs planted in two neat rows, one on the left, one on the right. Uh, On the left, you see mechanical claws watering and fertilizing the plants, while on the right, you see claws picking the ripe fruit and placing them in a hopper uh, next to the plants. At the far end, you see a flight of stairs leading up to a room with many windows.
2: This is a mighty nice warm room, and it's kind of warm like a greenhouse. Look at all these different coffee plants and all these robots picking at them and taking care of them. That's nice. Doesn't seem like there's any traps in here.
3: Well, I mean, to be fair, it didn't seem like there were any traps in the corridor, but...
2: <laughs> You're right. Look how that ended up. Chica <laughs> pulls out a carrier. I like, guess we'll have to take care of these robots. <laughs> He's kind of eyeing them as, they're, as we're making our way through. So Barbara, so... do you want to s- slowly make your way through? Yeah. Okay. Keep. I'll keep my eyes out on these robots here. they might try to attack us. All right.
0: You see the the arms they keep doing the jobs that you saw them doing initially, but with care, like they're very precise. You, mm-hmm. you do notice that as you're watching them. Uh you you f- find yourself at the foot of the staircase and it's probably like 25 steps up. But then you see the room with the windows. Um
1: before we get to the stairs.
0: Mhm.
1: On my character sheet, it says that I like to learn new potion recipes and collect ingredients. Okay, I'm just gonna like look at the coffee beans. I stop moving, and everybodys like, "Oh no, she stopped moving. Oh no!" And then I'm like, "Mr. Victor, I like your coffee plants. They're really nice."
0: Doom, 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 or none. Yes, you get it. Xylophone, <laughs> not the NPC uh, chime. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. I have been um. I'm a curator of many fine things, and this was one of them i this coffee is it's very difficult to grow unless it is in the proper conditions humidity uh oxygen levels it is uh very delicate, but I'm very proud that I've been able to have them flourish in my in my own home.
1: Can I roll for herb identifier for making comments about soil pH?
0: Yes, you may. I roll to nerd.
1: Yeah, I got a
2: five.
0: <laughs> uh, so based on the Rhesus target number sheet, that says you're able to, it's something that's difficult for like a civilian, but a pro can handle easily. So I'll say that since you're just talking about soil pH, that that's sufficient.
1: Wow, what soil pH are you growing these coffee beans with? This is really interesting.
0: Ah, so that is the trick. Surprisingly, you think it would be acidic because that is what helps normal coffee to flourish, but this pH is closer to 10, which is very basic.
1: Wow, that's so impressive.
0: Yeah. We can talk further if you like. I'm in the um, I'm in the middle of a couple of things, but uh you're very close.
1: Okay, are there any more, like, life threatening traps between here and there? Because you might not have forgotten to turn your hallway killer trap off.
0: Oh, yes. Did I mention the intrusive sea scouts and their meddlesome cookie sales?
1: I can wait here and, like, check out these cool plants if you want to come to us.
0: Ah, nein. I have many things to show you, and most of the things I have to show you are in this room.
1: Is one of them going to be how to make coffee? I'd like to learn.
0: Well, it is an automated uh, method that is perfectly vertically integrated. We grow the beans, we ripen them, we dry them, we roast them, we grind them, we filter them, and we drink them. Not the beans, but the coffee, as you can imagine. Did you enjoy the hot cocoa, by the way?
1: It was amazing.
0: Ah, delightful. Uh, I, I imagine Kit
3: and Chica were just playing poker or something. <laughs> Chico's
2: listening. Chico's listening and tailing is like, "Ah, so that's the it wasn't us. It wasn't a trap for us. It was for the Sea Scouts." Got it. Chico's all on board with this. It's just a part of the adventure now. It's
3: easily explainable.
2: Easily and not a lie.
1: <laughs> About the vertical integration system, I say, "I dig it," and then we head on.
0: All right. Um as a Centaur what is, are you able to climb stairs well? I know, like, I don't mean to be insulting. I know cows can climb stairs, but cannot climb downstairs. And you're not a cow. You're a centaur.
1: Going down is hard. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. But going up would be no problem?
1: Going up's not a, well, it's the dread for later. Yeah, but. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So you, you gingerly try to climb up the steps. As you climb the steps, as soon as you hit the 13th step, you hear a click. All the steps fold down into a slide and you begin to slide down. And at the foot of the stairs, there's uh, the floor moves to open and reveal a tank with two large sharks.
1: How wide is this stairway? Because sometimes long one way, wide another way, I could just like rotate my head and my butt to be on the left and the right walls and then stop sliding.
0: It is, it, it's, it starts wide and narrows as you go up at the point that the 13th step is, I would say probably 8 to 10 feet.
1: There is a small chance that I could wedge myself in this stairway, but I, okay. I can't tell what well, you're going for. 10 feet too wide, 8 feet possibly, you know, because okay. I'm, I'm, I've got well, a human top, so I'm 7 feet tall myself, right? right. And that's not if I'm stretched out. Say, so. Just say you do it. I do it. I wedge myself. I don't know what you are going for. Ten impossible, eight very easily accomplishable. Eight, I achieve it. I, my hooves are stretched out to the right wall, and my human hands are pushing against the left wall, and I stop sliding.
0: Nice. Okay. Um, I want... No, I guess that's not necessary. Okay. You do that. Chico and Kit uh, remain on your back, but they're, they're kind of like as you're on the side, they're being prevented from sliding down. And what you see at the foot of the stairs to the one side of the shark tank is a pedestal comes up with a giant red button on it.
3: Cool. Chico, um, could you do do me a favor? I don't have, you know, hands. So yeah. gra- <laughs> grab one of those potions from Barbara's bag and stick it in the shark tank. See what
2: happens. Yes. righty, That's a great idea. I grab one of the potion I grab one of the potions and throw it into the shark tank.
0: Okay. Can I, roll? Um, can, I roll? can I
1: roll? Can I roll?
0: Sure. Yes.
1: All right. Potion mastery. That's a potion of adjusting time if it works and it's 3 okay. 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 maybe I'm not so math but anyway. Okay. The idea is you can make a loop Of your choosing with this potion. Like, you can choose when to time loop. Wow. So I'm not sure what that looks like to us outside.
0: (laughs) Well, I need you to roll a d10.
1: Okay. Five.
0: It does exactly as you anticipate. Like, it it works. But what is it? I don't know. You tell me.
1: What do the sharks accomplish? Is this like the movie Deep Blue Sea where they acquire intelligence, hatch a plan, and escape? Like, we look and the sharks are gone because they've gone back to the Pacific?
0: Well they're they're swimming in circles and they know when the their ceiling opens it's time to eat.
3: H- how and so about, they're swimming what, around. What what about it may not necessarily be scientifically accurate but you know people say that sharks can only swim forwards cuz if they did it backwards they would drown. If they've only been swimming forwards and we re, and we reverse the time they start swimming backwards and drown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for these sharks. To us, it looks like the sharks like record scratch and move back and then die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will say because it's a time loop spell. Not initially,
3: drowning is a very painful process.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, here's what happens. So they they and the water move backwards, so they don't drown per se because everything's flowing backwards. But additionally. The roof above them, or the the floor to you also moves backwards, so it kind of goes in reverse, gets restored, and then you see the pedestal start to descend once the floor is complete, and the stairs click back into place.
2: You can make it up real quick now I run <laughs> before it goes right. back
0: uh you run up and make it to the door safely, and about seven seconds after you do so, the stairs like it's like the potion wears off, the stairs click, and there's a slide again. And then the the panel opens to reveal the sharks, and they're just swimming. Kid is so sad
3: they're not dead. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a small bird. Why would I not be upset that sharks, who are very intent on eating me, are still alive and kicking?
2: They wouldn't even taste you. You're so small. I don't even think they care. They care more about the delicious-looking rabbit.
3: Yeah, but that's worse, you know? I mean, if if I were to be eaten by anything, I'd want some. I'd want it to be something that noticed, <laughs> and had some sort of thought about it, rather than I'm, just I'm, going, rather than just inhaling me.
2: Yeah, you're, you're right. Because I'm more like a chicken sandwich to them, and you're more like like a peanut, not even a whole peanut. It's just yeah, like apple one. I'm
3: basically just a crouton to them. Um, if I want to be eaten,
1: I want to be eaten by something that notices. <laughs>
0: As you're having this um, <laughs> epicurean discussion, you notice the window by the door that you're standing next to, a, a dog hops up and kind of looks at you expectantly with its tongue out like, oh, hey, you know, it's a, it's a corgi just waiting, waiting for you. It's outside the window. No, it's, it's like poking its head through the window to look at you.
1: There's a door or a window?
0: You're, so there's a door at the top of the stairs flanked by windows.
2: And there's a t- and th- the windows are pointing
0: outside, right? Uh they allow you to look into the room and allow those in the room to look oh, out of Oh,
2: so the windows are leading into a room in a corgis inside. Okay. I thought I thought it was like Correct. outside
3: like it's in the snow. It's a rare case oh, of interior windows.
0: <laughs> well, it's a warm <laughs> it's a warm coffee room. You know how it is.
2: Okay. I I see I see what you mean now. Yeah.
1: Well, we've got a bird, a rabbit, and a horse in our party so far. Let's add a dog to it. Hi, puppy.
0: <laughs> you you hear, well, you see it bark, but you don't hear it because it's behind the window.
1: I open the door? Oh, no, 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 no. It's going to slide out into the sharks. Oh, bye, puppy. <laughs> well, are you going to move
0: <laughs> into the room as you open the door or just open the door? <laughs>
1: I,
2: I love how that was the first first go-to. Oh, no, the corgi, slid, the, the sharks, oh, no.
0: All right, uh, you open the door. <laughs> the corgi sees you and starts making laps around the three. I guess just around you, Barbara, since the other two are on top of you. Uh, and the landing is big enough that it doesn't get near the slide. And it's just happily circling you and kind of very peppy and almost like it wants to uh, shepherd you but is just happy that you're there, and it, but it knows better not to jump on you.
1: Yeah, I kick automatically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and so it just kind of has this, it's not a yip, and it's not an aggressive bark, but kind of this happy medium bark, like, wharf. So circle, circle, <laughs> circle, makes its way back to the door, and kind of like it's wagging its tail looking at you.
1: What else is here, GM?
0: Uh, An open door Mm. with windows that you can look through. Uh, You're at the top of the stairs of the coffee room. There is a slide behind you and an open pit of sharks.
1: Yeah, like through the door, through the windows.
0: Um, You can see what looks to be almost like a cross between a fancy dining room and a library. So lots of rich wood, many books. You see kind of um, what could only be described as maybe machines. Uh, there's a table with a bunch of different food on it. Um, there's a, a roaring fireplace with a mantle. Uh, and as you're looking at this, you do something that does catch your eye. Is There's a giant cylinder, like very unusual, with a glowing green diamond, either window or emblem or something, but it's glowing.
2: Ooh. That and looks very... You, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, that looks very magical.
0: Uh, as you're outside the door, you hear "Waffles," ah, uh, I guess here, yeah. and you see an elf um, come into the doorway, and he has very white hair. He's very old. You can tell he's a high elf. Um, he's wearing green, There's a smoke almost trail like a behind him. <laughs> not that high. Um, <laughs> Why not? So- Well, yeah, why not? Maybe it's a little high. It's like, oh, delightful. I'm so happy you made it. I see you made it past the the obstacles, the tests. That tells me you are the heroes I have been waiting for. Please, come this way. Uh, My name is Victor Von McGee, and uh, this is my home. I'm so sorry for all the trouble. I do not want to uh, put you in danger. But the people that I need to help me need to be very capable. And if you are able to withstand the storm and uh, these traps, then I know I have the right people. Please, come this way. Would you care for any more cocoa?
1: Oh, yes, please. That was delightful.
0: Ah, wunderbar. One moment. And you see him go back in, and he pushes a few buttons on a panel. You hear the, that same click of the action of the buttons. Mm. And uh the same robot that you saw earlier comes out into the room, but it's uh it goes to the doorway but stays within the threshold of the doorway as if it's programmed not to leave that room
2: do what do we do we have the rock with us or do we leave it on the with the captain
0: I will leave that decision to you it was on the ship, but if you wanted to take it, you can say that you have it
2: because I don't remember ever taking it back, so anyone here have it mm mm no.
0: I have a
3: what, sorry?
2: The rock. Remember the rock from the beginning? Oh, the crack no effect, yeah. Left it with the captain. I think to we left guys it with the Yeah, I think we just left it with the captain. But if my intuition's correct, I'm pretty sure I'd be pointing at this big magical vial of magical green whatever. And he said there's a diamond in it, or it's got a diamond-shaped emblem on it. It's a diamond-shaped...
0: You can't tell if it's an emblem or a window or something, but it's, it seems to be glass or crystalline, whereas the, the cylinder itself is more of a metal shape or a metal material, I'm sorry.
2: Chico's thinking that this is probably the source of all this magical mojo, but he's not entirely sure how it works or anything. He just wants to listen to what Victor's got, got for us to do. There, yeah, there's intrigued. also
0: a tray of cocoa waiting for you.
1: Oh, oh, cocoa! I love cocoa!
2: He goes and grabs a cup of cocoa and sits down.
1: I put one on the floor.
0: <laughs> Are you still outside the room, Barbara?
1: No, I, I went inside, and I talked to him, remember? And I asked for cocoa, and then he got me cocoa, and then now I'm putting it on the floor for our dear friend with no hands.
0: That's very nice. So, um, you're probably wondering why I wanted to recruit you. Um... It's a bit of a long story, uh, but you have cocoa and a comfortable place to sit. So if you'll indulge me, I would like to tell you. Um, I have been around for a long time. i have about, well, between seven 8000 years old. I have not been keeping track specifically, but I'm in that age range. And I've seen quite a bit. I've become very patient in my old age. And uh, to occupy my time, I would try to research... Things about the planet, how I can help, where I could pitch in. And there was a wonderful opportunity a few years ago. I joined with a group called uh, Dreams Unlimited Limited. And I worked in their research division, uh, translating tomes. And I came across this fabulous tome that no one else could translate. But I found that there were ancient writings about a creature, um, a nebulous foreigner who encircles our globe and what i found in the writings and i couldn't believe it was that this creature actually helps facilitate magic in our world uh i thought what a what a gift this creature provides to us but then i researched more and found that this creature is only using us uh picture are any of you familiar with agriculture oh that's me i know a lot about agriculture Ah, perfect. So here's the parallel. Imagine you have some farmland and you want to grow some crops, so you plant some seeds and you take care of the land and then it's it you are able to reap the fruits of your efforts and you collect so much more than you had before. And with that you can plant even more with the seeds in your crops, correct? Mm-hmm. So that is what this creature does. He he uses the magic in the magic users of this vault, and he fosters that power until they die. And when they die, he collects this magic material, this magic essence that's inside every magic user. And he grows, he grows larger and ultimately more dangerous. I have a feeling that this creature will consume our world, all life. It will take time. It will take maybe thousands of years but it is something that we need to stop. So I have created a, an invention, and he motions over to the, the thing with the window, the green diamond. Mm-hmm. I've created uh, an invention to help uh, stop this cycle. Uh, it is interrupting this magic cycle, and this arcane intelligence is being starved of the magic he would normally be receiving. It mentioned how to do it in the tome, but I did not have the technology that Until I visited Briar's Glen, and I was able to find the remains of a large star-traveling ship that had immense technology. I was able to use that technology, and now I'm collecting the magic right here. And with this magic, with with its own power, I will blast it and destroy it. And then we will be free of this danger, and I need help. From heroes like you.
1: Uh, It sounds sort of like you're making a unilateral decision on a topic that affects a lot of people, though.
0: Yes, well, the end of the world affects everyone. Would you agree?
1: The end of the world? Was it happening, like right now?
0: Oh, no, by no means. From my calculations, it sounds like you will be thousands of years in the future. However, we have a limited window to attack this creature. It is not fully grown... But if we wait until it is fully grown, what chance do we have? We have to attack it when it is young, smaller, and weaker. That is our only chance.
1: Is it possible that the person who wrote the book that you read had their own motivation for getting you to attack them? Like, why'd you believe them? Like, you just... You trust everybody?
0: Ah, I do not, but that is a fantastic question. That is a question I had myself and um if you'll permit me i can show you the truth uh he's gonna push a button that's on a a brace and what happens is there are these two silver covered dishes that appear on the the table that has food on it and they open up it says i have an opportunity to show you the truth and uh perhaps it will convince you uh, ease your suspicions uh there are two fruits two types of fruits there's a fruit with the blue peel, and if you eat the fruit with the blue peel, you can just go to sleep, and you'll be transported back to your guilt, and you won't have to bother. You won't have to help me at all. You'll be safely delivered back home. However, if you eat the fruit with the red peel, I will show you even more of the truth.
2: <laughs> but wait a minute. I, I want a fruit with a green peel. What does the green peel do?
0: Oh, we have apples. If you like apples, we have the green apples in the middle of the table. Does it have any pills in it? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. I have no, uh, there's no, we have the fruit with a green peel. You could, uh, eat it if you prefer.
4: All <laughs> All
0: right. You you take some of the green fruit and, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's tasty. Good. All righty. That was amazing. Thank you. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. But I would encourage you to eat the fruit with the red peel. You do not need to. I, again, I do not want to coerce you into something that you're not ready for. But I do not feel you were, will be on board with this life-altering decision unless you have all the information. And honestly, our, our world is undergirded with a crutch. Magic is simply a crutch. I've seen it so many times There. People use it as a shortcut when they could use their knowledge. The effort, stone and iron, can solve the problems as people as we were intended to be.
1: You talk about solving problems. And I just want to say, there was this one time there was like a relief effort for a hurricane. And so I organized everyone to get cans together. And we all worked together and we all collected a whole bunch of cans. And it was Way more cans than I could have collected myself. It's not about one person deciding something for everybody. If everybody comes together and makes a decision on it, you know, you can accomplish so much more. Like how we got so many more cans.
0: Yes, but who was the person that led that effort to get the cans? Me. Right. And if you did nothing, would these cans be there? No. No. It takes the will and effort of a person who has the motivation to help. And that is me. And that is you. I can tell by your hurricane relief that you have the right heart. Uh, I got an
2: idea. Why don't we get your idea and discuss it with the Firebrand and the Kittens Guild. And we can have them sort every, help you sort this stuff out. And this is way above our
0: heads. I suppose. One thing I have learned in my many years of life is that people are scared. And they are very fearful of what they do not understand. And I'm afraid if we try to propose this, they will reject it out of fear and out of what they are familiar with.
1: You don't have any umbrellas around here, do you?
0: Oh, by no means. We are very well protected from the snow or the rain. Any precipitation cannot permeate this.
1: Oh, good. All right. Well, and I eat the red thing.
0: Okay. So, uh... Something. So you're not going to check it or anything with your herbal. No. It's uh, good. GM,
1: this guy's going to not only kill me but the entire world. Uh, at this point, don't matter. I'm okay. in because so like you eat the opportunity to change things is here.
0: <laughs> okay. You eat the red fruit.
1: Yeah. Either I die and, from uh, this poisoning or he kills the entire world. GM.
0: <laughs> so he. What happens to you is you hear you feel a tingling in your ears, and it's a. Uh, it's an odd feeling but he goes ah so you now have the ability to understand any language any language spoken can now be understand understood by you miss centaur barbara i believe correct
1: yeah you can call me barbie
0: do you speak draconic by any chance
1: not before this
0: <laughs> ah i've been speaking to you in draconic this whole time but you understand me as if it is common And I will just say uh, Kit and Chico just hear the growlings of what sound like draconic. So, now that you have committed, would you like to talk to the creature? Totally! Ah, this way. And if you'd like to encourage your friends, they will not understand unless they have the fruit with the red peel.
1: I look back at my much slower, smaller friends, and I break (laughs) them off a chunk so it's not as overwhelming.
3: I was going to say, oh. I, th- I, I, th- I think the dosage might be a bit uh,
1: miscalculated. <laughs> I put it on the ground for Kit.
3: So so, so,
1: what does this I'll, actually I'll do? One.
3: Out of interest? I just heard you say totally and not much else.
1: <laughs> so far, it's made me able to understand lots of languages, but everything else it does, I can't say. I mean, do you want me to like roll for herb identification on a fruit? No, I'm not going to try. It would be like... I don't really know much about fruit. <laughs> ah,
0: So as he's um, bringing out a handheld device that he places on the table next to the food, he overhears your conversation and say, I understand your um, hesitation. Uh, what this fruit does is not so much the fruit, but the microbe in the fruit. The microbe will go into your body, and it will allow you to understand languages, any spoken language you will understand. It's very handy. You will not be able to speak it, but so is the limitation of a microbe. I knew a fish who could do that once. Oh, fascinating. Uh,
2: So Chica's already eaten the apple, now he's listening to Draconic. And it's like, all right, so this is uh, what it does. Excellent. How how, how
0: does this help us save the world? Ah, it doesn't help us save the world. It helps us convince you that I am telling the truth, and I'm not believing a fairy tale writer from ages ago. So he puts uh, a machine on the, the table and goes, this is an invention of mine called a teletrophone. And this teletrophone can communicate very long distances. And if you have another teletrophone on the other side, you can hear somebody from across the planet. It is fascinating. But I have modified this one. So it is in tune with the creature that surrounds our world. Would you like to hear... What the creature has to say? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, sure, I'll listen. He op- he uh, fiddles with it <laughs> a little bit, and then you can hear, you can hear a voice, and it's just this repeated, hungry, hungry.
3: I mean, that could be anyone. I mean, what did it say? <laughs> Sorry, my stomach's
0: growling. <laughs> oh, please help yourself. We have lots more food. And uh, if you have any special dietary requirements, we try to accommodate that as well. Yes, I understand it is only saying hungry now, but it's because I'm interrupting its uh, cycle where it absorbs the magic. So it's desiring more of what it is uh, trying to harvest, but it cannot. Before it was saying something very different. But of course I cannot relay that to you.
2: Where's the corgi?
0: It's lying on the rug by the fire, very happily chewing on a bone.
2: <laughs> hey, guys, do you think that it's the corgi? Do you think it's picking up the corgi?
1: Maybe. My My pets are always hungry. I'm going to go say yes. It could be the corgi. Can could throw it? throw something? Yeah, yeah. Or
2: someone play with someone it. Someone
1: with an arm. I have arms. Um, so... <laughs> I will. All <laughs> right, <I'll> show off. <laughs> I'll toss a unbreakable borosilicate-based glass. You know, but magicked or I don't know, chemisted to. Anyway, it bounces along the ground. It's round. It's a potion bottle. Empty bottles is one of my official skills, but you've just told me that two is the unskilled number, so I'm not gonna roll. Whatever.
0: No, two is um. Well, that was just trying to accommodate things, but two is a skilled number.
1: Oh. Okay, I'm going to throw an empty bottle. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Ten.
0: Nice. You, you throw it in a way that is not aggressive, but uh, the corgi can definitely tell you, you want to interact with it. And so it looks up from its bone. It makes the face like open jaw, tongue hanging out like, oh, you want to play? And then you see it make a motion of a bark, but what you hear is, Play? Play now? (laughs) We figured
1: it out. No, we can understand dog.
2: (laughs) Oh, oh, we're listening. I thought we were listening through the uh, teletrophone thing.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that sound is clearly coming from the corgi. The teletrophone is still saying, hungry. And so you hear the dog like, play, yes, 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 play.
2: Okay. And then
0: gets the bottle and comes back to Barbara and drops the bottle. And it's like,
2: good, good, good. The only other idea I have would be maybe Kit. Hey, Kit, do you think you could tinker with this teletrophone thing and figure out how it works? See if it's picking up something or if it's just making this noise that's saying hungry.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if Mr. What's your name, if you don't
0: mind me having a look at it. Oh, no, by all, by, by all means, uh, young man. In fact, if you are. Um inclined in an engineering fashion i do have the schematics i can show you so you can be more familiar with its functionality
3: oh yes please
0: and so he hands over well he has to go to um, a book on a library shelf he kind of thumbs through it and goes ah and he presents you the book with the page open to the schematics that he's drawn for the teletrophone
3: well right, let me let me have a look see through this could you could someone
2: with arms turn the page <laughs> Yeah, I'm right here. I'll do that. I start helping him out.
3: Right, so I'm going to do a tinker chat. Tinkering roll, I think. All right. Uh, I don't know how to put these in order. I just uh, am.
0: <laughs> Classic uh, kit. Uh, yeah. Uh, 19. <laughs> okay, yeah. you. The schematics are very clear and outlined very well, and you can tell that it is... At least from all appearances and your background, it does what it says it'll do. There are some features that are a little bit foreign to you, like um they're like a black box to a degree of some of the components, but you get the gist of what they're trying to do
3: well i mean it's it's it it seems to do what it he says it should do
0: if that helps uh if you would prefer. Uh, I can tune it. This is uh, not a fixed invention. Uh, Is there somebody you would like to hear them talking? Someone you are familiar with, perhaps? I
3: mean, that sounds incredibly invasive, but yes.
1: How about Andrea?
0: Ah, Andrea, my loyal employee, yes.
3: Or Uh, how about instead let's listen to Skirmish. We just met him. Should be interesting to see what he has to say. All
0: right. Uh,
3: it, well, see how we get. He's getting on with the possums.
0: Sounds good. Do you know <laughs> his uh, general location? Yeah. And then um, what he'll do is he'll direct you to a large map of the world uh, with a very fine grid lines and say, "Can you please just push the button of the general location you're looking for?" Yeah, and then we'll just. You can use your beak. I assume you have no hands. But you seem very capable.
3: I've got a beak yeah So uh, go find Nicky Moy on there and just go pink. Bit right there.
0: Alright. Uh and says, okay, that is the general location. I will do some fine tuning. Uh can you describe him at all? What kind of uh what race is he? Uh any distinct features about him? Uh, big He was ah. a
2: Goliath and he carries around a Warhammer and he's got on a Turncoat, is doesn't have any shirt on. He's got uh, khakis.
0: That's the most forward part. He's got khakis. Ah, very good. I have a filter for Goliaths, and I don't believe there are too many in Nicomoi. So this should be very easy. So he tunes it. <laughs> and you hear... Uh... So then I told him, I was up at the top of the mountain, and uh, her sister just wouldn't... Uh, she just wanted to win at all costs... And so what I had to do is I had to climb down into the pit and talk to her about friendship. And we had a real heart-to-heart. <laughs> and it was a really good... Now, I mean, I didn't get the gold, but that wasn't really why I was there. I was just there to help my friends, you know? And uh, you probably saw it all over. It was... It's huge. I still get letters about it. So, anyway. Uh, you know, I'll just... Uh, one, one ale is fine. Thanks. And then you just hear slurping sounds. <laughs>
3: Well, there's definitely not getting on with a possum dilemma. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know who probably is? Shane the automaton. Let's go into him.
0: Let's go see what he has to say. I like how Kit is just like, what? <laughs> Did you say automaton? I'm afraid it only works on organic creatures. Ah, oh, shucks.
3: What does it count if we put him inside a straw? A
0: uh, straw figure? I <laughs> no. I'm afraid that it does not apply. Uh he's not a living breathing creature. Probably or person. For the best. Yeah, well I don't know much about the automaton to which you refer, but probably.
2: Well, Skirmish isn't dealing with the possum, but I'm pretty sure I, I have faith in Shane, the automaton. I'm pretty sure he can handle everything.
3: Oh, can we listen
0: to the possums? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In <laughs> fact, with your new microbes you will be able to understand the possums. Now, I don't... Is there a specific possum or just any possum in the Nicomo area? There are quite a few. It's been run, actually.
1: The one in the basement?
0: Yeah, the,
3: the giant possum with a katana.
0: All right. Let me make some adjustments, then. One moment, please. <laughs> so, my children, I see uh, all of you are equipped with the dives. <laughs> I'm very glad <laughs> you've uh, taken so... So struggling to your lessons. They are very important, not only for self-defense, but soon we will conquer the people that think they run this world. A new kingdom will come, a possum kingdom, and it will be incredible. And then you hear the chittering of what you interpret as laughter, but is, um, I don't know, possum laughter. You know how that is.
2: Oh man! After hearing that, I look at Victor and say, "Victor, I think we've got worse, pl- worse things going on than that dragon trying to e- eat all the magic. I think we
0: got to deal with these possums now. You got to help uh, us." Well, yes, I can help you. That was f- very disturbing. I will say <laughs> that um, your organ, your heroes, are able to handle this, and I can see as you think that is a much more urgent problem because you could be overrun. By these possums, but possums, ultimately will meet means the same fate, even if they conquer the world as they claim, which I don't believe they will. Uh, this uh, arcane intelligence will consume life as we know it,
2: possums uh, all right. included. No life. Guess, I guess that makes sense, but you've been giving us all this, trying to give us all this proof. How do you expect us to handle the situation?
0: Ah, so this Atlas space station. Uh, I've learned that is what it was called, had a beam, a beam weapon that was used to destroy some of our top field. But when properly reconfigured, we can use this plus the magical energy we have contained and blast the creature, hopefully killing it.
2: Uh, I have what a do you question. say? Well, one more thing. Is this thing the one that's providing the magic
0: that we use? In a way. So, not directly. What I have been able to discover is magic is all around us in this world. It is a resource, but not um, directly usable, at least in any fashion that was created, until this creature comes along. The creature acts as a bit of a catalyst, and with this creature imbuing this magical power into people, people are able to use magic. Now, will magic exist after this creature is gone? Yes? But not in the fashion we are accustomed. So we'll have to relearn how to use this resource. Does that, sounds, that answer your question? How, how much time do we have before this creature consumes everyone? My calculations estimate it's in the thousands of years. So probably 8,000 years from now? Oh, shucks.
2: We got plenty of time to plan this out before we're committing to this. I, I say we. I say we talk with the Fire Brewing and the Kittens Guild about this. You've given us plenty of, pl- plenty of um, evidence to 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 back this up. We got plenty of time. We're not going to be sitting on our hands waiting. We we can figure out a way to use his magic without this creature, and then we can deal with this creature. Or hell, maybe there's a way to 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 diplomatize with this creature. Hmm. And what are we gonna do about magic when we get rid of the creature? They're, we're not going to know what to do, and things are going to follow the chaos. Uh, Let me ask you this.
0: The three of you, are you magical? I got a little bit of magic.
1: I make really good brownies.
0: Oh, that is a magic all in its own. I will agree with you. But, and you, uh, young man, are you magical?
1: Well,
3: only in the sense that,
0: you know, I'm a talking bird. Well, different races, that is not magic per se. That is uh, quite exclusionary. I think that uh, there's only one proper race and everyone else's magic and it wouldn't be around otherwise. I don't I don't prescribe subscribe to that notion. However, it seems like you are able to get past my obstacles quite well without magic, I assume, since it's being uh, intercepted.
1: Oh, no, I totally did a time loop on those sharks.
0: Really? Yeah. Fascinating.
1: How was I able to use magic when you said all of it, or just most of it's getting siphoned off by your tool It should
0: be all of it. This is quite disturbing that you were able to use it one moment.
1: You want me to test it?
0: No, 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 please. I to test well, it. Let me check a few things. And so he goes to his container. <laughs> and he goes to the the mechanisms and the dials and everything. And it's like says a leak. This is a problem. We should not be here. You three. What I'm about to tell you is going to be very um Shocking, perhaps. Um, There is an element of this design that I clearly did not understand. And now I'm intercepting most of the magic, but not all of it. And now there has been an accumulation similar to um, like an explosive gas building up in an area. And this place is now flooded with it. So I'm a patient man. I will rebuild. Try this again. I have the technology, I have know-how. You may go back to um, your leaders and discuss this as a possibility, but we do need to address this. In the meantime, me and Waffles are going to make our way out. I suggest you do the same. And so he calls the dog. He pulls a lever behind um, or next to the fireplace. It rotates around, reveals two seats. One is perfectly his size, one is perfectly Waffles' size. (laughs) <laughs> and then it zoop, flips around again to reveal the fireplace and then um he's gone
3: i'm i'm assuming there was a, it's an escape pod that just shoots
0: out of the chimney or something like that right um actually in uh, 45 seconds you hear a rumble and from the windows that face outside you see a trail of smoke in what we as players would understand to be a rocket but may not be that technology may not necessarily exist Commonplace in uh this world
1: Mm. can i
3: ask just which direction is it going
0: is it uh well every direction is south
3: (laughs) no no uh, as in (laughs) from 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 our (laughs) position like is it going like across is it going straight
0: up it's it's it would be the direction of like the where the where you would go to the coffee plant room kind of like behind that way
3: no no but as in like trajectory is it is it just is the rocket just going sh- straight up from where it's gone? Or is it going off at an angle? Or...
0: Well, kind of up and like um, in toward the direction of, that you entered the room from where the coffee plants were. So it would be almost as if it's... So, so it does kind of just go
3: straight up for a... Mostly, yes. Okay, because previously we'd ordered the airship to park directly over the house. So it's <laughs> crashed into Might the be- bottom of it.
0: <laughs> well, it does nearly miss the ship and uh one of the gas bags gets a rip from one of the fins on the rocket and is now slowly leaking.
2: <laughs> so I think we need to get out of here but before we do I'm going to grab that teletrophone and a couple of those apples with the red and blue pills in them whatever they were for whatever they hold.
1: Oh no, don't don't do the blue. Okay. Good night.
2: No, I'm not I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to take it with us.
1: <laughs> okay. Out of character. We've got all the mad scientist laboratory to ourselves now, don't we?
0: Yes.
2: But the place is going to blow up as far as I heard. He said there was magic building up and it was going to explode.
1: That's why I'm out of character. My character is gullible, right? It's written Mm. on, it's right there. Mm -hmm. Rise Mm -hmm. is not a large character sheet, you know. Mm -hmm. My character is gullible, but the player doesn't believe half of what that guy told us. (laughs) <laughs> the reason why I took the red pill was because that was one of them crucial moments where you you call the kidnapper pretty, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and like, oh, you're so smart. It wasn't because I think they're right. You know, although I agree that natural gas leaks are explosive and like dangerous, maybe we can like stop it or vent it and just explore, and I want, I want to read the original book, I want what, what to... It? It's, it's not a gas a leak, idea. it's a
3: magic leak.
1: Yeah, I'm using an analogy. You know, I'm saying, standing here might be dangerous, that part might not have been a lie. It might be behoove us uh-huh, to figure out the source of the danger and mitigate it somehow. Complete abandonment of this area without investigation might not behoove us, right?
2: Yeah, I I was going to bring that stuff with us so we can investigate it, but yeah, maybe... Okay, so this device, it's holding in magic stuff, but I don't think it's magical because it's... I don't know, would Kit be able to tinker around with it and figure it out?
3: Well, I I would probably say that, you know, if, if your idea is to siphon off a load of magic to prevent this creature from siphoning off magic then making the entire outside of it magical makes absolutely no sense because that would just get siphoned off by the machine.
1: What if we released the machine to release all the magic to the monster? We could not be going to be exploding anymore and we could hear what it normally says. You've got the schematics, Kit.
3: Well, I, I, I've actually been thinking on that and I think I have a rather elegant solution. But we're going to need to take the that machiny thing there and uh, head back up to the ship.
2: Oh. Take yeah, we got time to
3: go. <laughs> go get some coffee beans. <laughs> Off you go. I,
2: we'll I'll wait. help you har. I'll help you harvest the coffee
1: beans, and then we can have some of that coffee when we get back. Can we? Can we go to the ship later? I just want to hear what the monster says when it's not hungry. Oh.
3: Yeah, no, no, that's what we got the machine for. We'll we'll take that with us, so we can so you can hear. Can we take?
1: Can you describe that machine again, GM?
3: It's a separate machine, the, the, the listening one and the,
0: the catcher. Yeah, which machine are you talking about? There's the teletrophone to communicate with the monster. Then there's the machine that is absorbing magic energy or intercepting it from the magic cycle, which would be actually somewhat large, but the tanks are really what's large because it's, it's trying to fill this energy, so to speak.
3: Yeah, so they're different things. We, need, we just take the teletrophone up onto the ship and then you can just do whatever from there.
1: My proposal, sorry, I'll restate it, I wasn't clear, is that we turn off the magic siphoning equipment so that the food goes to the monster again. That way we can mm-hmm. use the teletrophone to hear what its thoughts are when it's not starving to death.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I understand what you're saying. I've got a solution for that. It's just that it's, uh, basically the short version is this machine was not designed to be turned off.
1: Oh, it was designed to go boom?
3: Yeah, I uh, yeah, had a look at the schematics. It, well, it's not designed to go boom. No, it's just when you set this sort of thing up, you don't put in you know, things to m- let it turn off because you don't plan to let it turn off. So if it is going to turn off, it's going to turn off in quite an explosive fashion. So if we try to turn it off now, then uh, we, we would get a little bit boomy. But that's what I've got the solution for but I think we do have a little bit of time left. So if you want to go harvest coffee beans or do whatever, I'll send a signal up to the ship and they can let down ropes or whatever, and then we'll get to a safe distance and then I'll do do my, my solution.
1: Okay, I don't need coffee beans. It's okay. There are other things that are more important.
3: Okay, I mean, if you're sure, you can go and get coffee beans. It's okay.
1: I'm... I'm good...
3: It's not the trick. It's not the trick. We do have time. You can go get some coffee beans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're gonna get ditched by Kit.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's well, going on here. Well,
2: Chica, Chica's gonna go down and get coffee beans. Oh my
1: god, you guys! Regardless. Why? Are, okay, all uh, right. I neither want to go get coffee beans. We're letting nor... your
3: character have something
1: nice. <laughs> why? We're talking about being in a magical gas leak room building yeah (laughs) what kind of idiot would go get coffee beans in this situation
3: the rpg says it's okay (laughs) the whole vibe of the rpg is do whatever you want and if whatever we want to do is go and get some coffee beans then i think we can do that
1: i'm okay (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, after that i think chico's oh look at what's that chico you got a bag full of coffee beans that's handy mm mm-hmm well, that was a good conversation, Chico. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I'll I'll just uh, signal the ship, and just I'll stick my head out of the window and just kind of whistle, because apparently I can whistle with a beak. Who knows? Oh wait, i I can make sounds.
1: Yes, you can make so many sounds.
3: Yeah. <laughs> which which was uh, the signal for letdowns and ropes? What? Or I could just say letdowns and ropes.
1: I just look Actually, at the, the rope. The whistling,
0: <laughs> the whistling that you did to um, Chico and Barbara sounds like let down the rope because of the microbes. Yeah. hmm Oh, that's right. And so um, there is a bit of a hole in the roof where the rocket was, and you can see the ship. Um, the The building itself is not super structurally sound because it's not meant to withstand a rocket. Leaving it. I mean, not many all. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness. And so it's starting to crumble. Um, Laika sees you and you see them both kind of track the rocket for a bit. And they look down to see what they can see. They see you. Uh, Then you see a rope ladder unfurl. And thankfully, Koa and uh, Simon were knitting them during the journey. And so it extends all the way down into the room that you're in.
1: What extends?
0: A rope ladder.
1: A rope ladder? Yes. GM? And, and a winch.
0: <laughs> you, still, you still have your tiny Pegasus wings that uh, do stuff.
3: Let's just let down a winch as well, just for the sake of <laughs> argument. Yeah, come on.
1: Harnesses, my friend.
0: All right. <laughs> um, what you see next, then are the two crew members coming in and they have uh, a bunch of straps ready to go to attach to the ladder which is very sturdy, they assure you, and uh, allow you to be transported out. They ask if there's anything else you need to do before we leave.
3: Uh, Yeah, I need to go and um, flip a switch real quick. So I'm gonna run off to the captain's cabin and (laughs) I'm gonna look underneath the, the desk that we installed. Or at least designed And uh, open up a little secret compartment And there's a switch on there um, Which is currently set to Not whale So then I'm just going to flick the switch over To whale And the ship transforms into a whale Which, as you know Tends to not fly amazingly well Yes Then the whale Falls out of the sky and crushes the house Uh huh Destroying the big uh, containery thing Oh, okay. And also it smashes through any ice which happens to be down there, and we can go
0: underwater
3: to escape the oh. inevitable explosion.
0: You become a submersible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this was not more like of a, a mount- not like a
3: bio- biological whale, more of a right, 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 a technological whale.
0: Mm, I like that. Okay. Here's what happens: since it is on a mountain and there's not really ice for you to break through. We slide. you do yes that's and that ends up what happens you do <laughs> crush the house um you crush the cylinder that is containing the magical energy in such a way that there are fatigue points that allow it to just spritz out and so magic just starts uh getting back into the atmosphere so to speak, and eventually does get collected by the arcane intelligence uh you Squish through all the technological wonders of the home, and then start sliding down the side of the mountain at such, picking up speed, until you get to uh, the coastline, and then you splash into the water and begin to submerge.
3: How many times does it skim uh, across <laughs> the top of the water yeah. before it picks up quite, five times. A lot of, quite a lot of speed? By the time get there.
0: Gets very flat on the bottom, so it allows it to just <laughs> six times, and then you are in the water. Uh, Andrea's with you and she has vomited because that was a lot of motion that she's not used to. Um, the kids have done the same. The captain is just fine. And, uh, you were, you have now left the area. Um, and I will say that's probably, unless there's anything else you want to do, I don't want to end it prematurely. Yes. Go ahead.
1: I want to know what the sky monster is saying now that it has food again.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, are you dialing in the teletrophone? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You hear, So my children, we need more knives before we attack.
3: (laughs) No, we... Switch it back.
0: Yeah, switch it... (laughs) Oh, do you have have the expertise to switch it back?
3: Yeah, probably. There's probably a back button on it. Previous frequency.
0: Yes, you do find the (laughs) redial button on the back. (laughs) Good thinking. And it goes... It goes to the first uh, program, and here, mm, delicious, good, grow, eat. It repeats those mainly for a little while because it's so much food all at once.
3: Well, mm. the good news is we can keep hold of this and uh, show it to people back home.
2: They'll do it, yeah. I, I think this is a mission accomplished. And we've made a new ally with that Victor fella. I'm pretty sure he was onto something, but man, he was going mad, mad scientist mode. Don't you all agree?
3: Well, you know, if the cold does strange things to people.
0: see, so he was a glad scientist. He was very friendly. <laughs> glad scientist. Um, I will say, if that's it, we'll end the adventure there. Uh, the epilogue to your daring do is that magic is restored uh, in the normal uh, method of utility. So things settle down worldwide. Um, Victor is somewhere. Uh, Andrea is with you, and she really has a liking of the three of you. She's still very suspicious of everyone else, but the three of you in particular, she she gravitates to. Uh, Let's see what else. Um, Yeah, I think any questions as to... What may have unfolded? Oh, the prisons are fine. Oh, and New- Nulasag recovers from his burns, and uh, a cleric is able to use his healing magic, and he's completely restored. So all is well, and future GMs will be happy that you didn't irrevocably um, change the world to have no magic. That
3: would be awkward. <laughs> it's
0: like, I know that story you had. Uh, I was going to have magic, but... So great job, guys. Um... Thank you for playing. Uh, today, we were joined by Chico. Well, this was quite a fun adventure. I really did
2: feel like I, I accomplished something this time and not just went on some fu- fun hijinks and messing things up. Actually, I actually accomplished something for once. Woohoo!
0: Barbara. <laughs>
1: the rabbit saves the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Kit.
1: Well, I'm not looking forward
3: to getting back home because. Those possums. Uh, oh, yeah. Then possums are organized. <laughs> That's going to be a future episode.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
1: It's that part of the show where we tell you about a podcast you might enjoy. Have you heard of PNW Haunts and Homicides? Join Caitlin and Cassie as they chat about true crime, the paranormal, and all kinds of spooky stuff in the Pacific Northwest. Just two air quotes normal-ish friends who wanted more local creepy stories so they never sleep or leave their houses again, check out PNW Haunts and Homicides, a podcast.